Good evening. I'm Paul Sexton. And I'm Bobby Burns. And this is Wayward Weekly. Around the world and into your home, the stories that touch your life. This is Wayward Weekly. All right there, everybody. Welcome to episode 19. We covered some of, half of, maybe the propositions for the California ballot. And today we're going to get to the rest of them. However, Paul, you said you didn't get to finish reading them. Why not? Because I know you're going to teach me <laughs> and, and, and tell me how to vote. Well, the thing that's, I'm like the 17-year-old that everyone's afraid of. Like, <laughs> oh, wow, well, Bob, Bob's a really big influence on Paul. I don't know if he's going to be able to make the decision, you know, by himself. Yeah. So the thing that he should have cast a vote. The, the thing that sucks about this is that I was really counting on you on these last ones. Not because I haven't read them, uh, but because a lot of them start to fall back to your area of expertise. Well, law. especially with bail. Yeah, bail, I did. I did. That is the well, biggest, most important one that I want to talk about. It's the thing I'm most it, excited it about about being on the ballot. Well, to tell you what, what we'll do since I have. Well, we could discuss that one if you'd like. I just haven't had a chance to go oh, over it, so we'll maybe talk you about it. Yeah, I'll just fill read me it. in. Yeah. And what we could even okay, if you want to do that, we can do that too. Yeah, why not? Um, and I actually thought from last week, uh, I completely forgot. Uh, I think her name was Candace Deerking. That was our old landlord's name. And I thought, I completely forgot that she used to have big groups of people over, like you were saying, that would go over these propositions. That is a brilliant idea. I mean, obviously she ran. Did you yeah, forget think, until I brought it up or did you even, yeah. even when no, I brought no, no. it up, you're like, what the uh-uh. fuck are you talking about? And you realized it later. No, no. I remembered when you told me <clears throat> at that point, but I've been thinking about it more so now. And I think it'd be with her. It was most likely Democrats that were gathering at her house. Sure. Most of her friends were probably Democrats. Sure. There's, I'm sure there's nuance in there just like with everyone else, but she was really pushing hard to get Obama elected and she had some power to do so and everything, which is why she held the, the fundraisers. Right. But I think if you, if, I would love to actually, maybe even next time if the country doesn't, you know, burn itself away, <laughs> to, you know, the next time we have elections, I, I would actually like to get a big group together of people that that are, you know, across the political spectrum yeah. to kind of interject on this stuff. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like you said, like we were talking last time, you're so caught up driving around your intellectual neighborhood that you, you never really think about you know, certain questions that you, uh, that you should be asking yourself. So if you have someone else there, they may be thinking about that. They can tell it to you and then that'll allow you to better refine your approach. But that's why I think that, you know, our representative democracy is, uh, is such a good system because voting for propositions via a direct democracy, like we're doing with this, um, it's complicated because it's requiring each and every one of us as individuals to understand right. what they're proposing and putting forward. Right. And I'm still trying to get through all of this stuff with work and everything else that's going on. And it's really hard to make sense of a lot of it because, I mean, there's some propositions on there where I was looking at the uh, the wording and, uh, you know, I'm wondering, like, you know, what constitutes a farm? I think it was Proposition 17 where uh, – um, you can transfer or you can you can inherit a property and if it's a farm or it's your actual primary residence you won't have to pay uh the inheritance taxes so i'm, I'm right. thinking like as a lawyer that presents a huge loophole so what's a farm right you know if, if i want to pass on my property to my children and i know that they're going to be moved up into a tax bracket 
I'll contact my lawyer and say, how do I make this a farm? Say, okay, yeah. well, a farm, a farm is you have to have, you know, I'm sure there's a, a legal definition of it. Maybe it's, you know, uh, three quarters of your property or half of your property is covered with some type of uh, plant that you can resell. And maybe that would take your house out of being just a home. Right. Now it's a ranch residence or a farm. And now it's you know, exempt so, from an increase in the property taxes. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff, uh, that's why I think it's really important to have representatives that can that can be in a hearing type of a setting. And when someone puts forward something like this, I would be like, okay, well, what's to stop them from saying it's a farm? Right. What's to stop them from saying that it's their primary residence? Could they somehow set up a loophole system to get around this stuff? Um, I mean, the thing is, though, I would say this is that if uh, people are setting up loopholes to get around it, it's probably not going to be a significant amount of people. And at least we've generally corrected problems, right? Like, in other well, words, it's you? a step in the right direction. Well, I can't imagine every fucking person who's going to leave a, a home to their child turns their home into a farm now. I mean, that well, no, means... No, but the thing is, is we're talking about individuals that, that have uh, a lot of means. These aren't going to be individuals that just have... You know, in these are words, people that can afford legal resources to do the So loophole. you're affecting the upper middle class, but not the upper class. Yeah, so it could be, yeah, exactly. Because I'll so, bring up, like, my landlord that I used to live with. Like I said, she had seven, not live with, but rented from, she had seven properties throughout, like, Redondo Beach and Hermosa yeah. Beach, right? Well, so, those, so if one of those was her primary residence, she would not be her her status would not change under this new proposition right but all of her luxury properties where she's earning an income if she inherited those she would have to pay well what i'm more worried about she is would be stepped up when she passes them on to her children right yeah uh, like i'm worried about um that those property taxes get bounced up i don't right now she could pay what she the, her, the property taxes that she bought on the house and i would be totally okay with that in other words i don't want her to pay more it's just if she passes away and passes it on to her children i don't think if it's fair for her children to pay whatever it was that she was paying that's what I don't. Yeah, think well, it was, and they would be paying not what she was necessarily paying. She, they would be paying what her parent paid, right? So the children would be paying the grandparents' rate, correct? Well, uh, so the lady who owns it now is ninety-two. She's going to die and pass it to her children. Yeah, and within this law too, there's loopholes for. I mean, not with the the current proposition, but uh, uh, prior to this, uh, it was not only parents, but but grandparents as well. Sure, if yeah, the, yes, yes. the parent predeceased uh, the grandparent. The grandparent could transfer the property directly right. to the children, so you could be paying right. 1930 or 1940 fucking tax rates right. living in a society, you know. With that's inflated since then right. dramatically, right? So I mean, in that that's the whole entire problem is, is it creates a sort of a, a welfare system if you allow so, them to so pass my, it down. My point, though, yeah, is I I think you and I both agree on that. I think my point was, I don't think that that lady, that old lady who owns all these houses is going to go, well, I don't want them to increase the taxes and when I die and pass this on. So I'm going to make sure that all seven of these properties that I rent out are converted to quote unquote farms. Like, yeah, I can't imagine so many people doing that, that it totally then uh, like, um, goes around this law and makes it 
pointless at some point in time. I could see some people doing it here or there, but like, you know, and, and look, all I'm saying is maybe they would do that. I think that if that were the case, someone would bring it up and we would adjust the law of what it means to be a farm. I mean, like, yeah, that is sort of the law. And like, you know, what you've studied, right. Is it's like a, a game of chess. It's someone creates a law, someone fucking comes or goes around that law. So then someone has to refine the law to correct the person who went around the law to like worm their way around something. And then, yeah. and then they find a new way to worm their way around it. And it's just always someone trying to beat the system and screw somebody else out of money or get more money for themselves. Like, um, you know, it's not always that. Okay. There's often times where, um, there are huge injustices and, uh, especially things that are systemically put into, uh, place or have been in place in someone's birth, uh, or, prior to it, I guess. Um, and people try to change those things as well. But I, I'm just saying like the law in general is this ever changing breathing thing that people just kind of go back and forth and back and forth to further and further and further define it. Am I, am I wrong? Like, I don't understand the law like you do, but that is my understanding of it is like, this will happen and then someone will get around it. And then if necessary, we will pass another proper, create another law. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's uh, the thing with all these laws. I mean, whenever a law is, is passed and it has like some type of financial impact, it's going to impact someone that has financial means and, you know, it's their right and they built up uh, the wealth that they earned and everything and they employ accountants and attorneys that make sure that, you know, everything is, is handled according right. to plan. And that's kind of how, you know, you'll ferret out a law is because the law will be passed. Someone will figure out a loophole around it. So then they'll have to amend or patch it. But then there's then that also raises the question, though, too, is that, you know, we tend to just overregulate because we put in a law. We don't you know, we're not able to anticipate how someone's going to abuse that system or that law. So then we have to put in more reform and everything. And I think that's just human nature in general. Like you tell someone not to do something and they'll they'll figure out another way to do it. It's (laughs) just like, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, the cannabinoid molecule is uh, illegal, right? Like you're not able to sell anything containing the THC molecule over a a certain percentage. And yet, if you change just one atom within that molecular structure, you can call it something else. And now you're no longer selling cannabis, you're selling a synthetic and you call it a bath salt or, you know, something else. And you're able to get around the law for a little bit. And then they patch it. What was that stuff like 10 years they used to sell uh, legally to get around it? No, not salvia. It was like, I remember one that was called like monkey brains or monkey bush or something like that. And like they had, (laughs) they had all these different strains of it and it was like weed but it wasn't it was synthetic weed yeah and it, i forget yeah. what they called it i can't remember but anyway yeah and, and but the, that's those are just examples of people getting around the law and then then people you know then people will say oh well you know it seems pointless because it just never changes and then someone will say oh so what you just don't want any laws at all so it you know I think there just needs to be some sort of balance, but finding that balance is really tough. Yeah, absolutely. And Um, like with Prop 17, that's why I would rather just leave it to, like I would rather spend my time instead of looking at this, like, I mean, it looks like I'm I'm reading, I don't know, it's all just bold-faced giant letters, like super simplistic, which is good because, I mean, it gives you an, an overview, but... I mean, these have serious outcomes and consequences, good and bad, that need to be gone over. And I would rather spend my time looking for people that are highly intelligent, that aren't 
overly partisan and they're just looking for good ideas yeah. that could come in and deliberate on our behalf. You know, I w that would be interesting because I wonder, like, who is it that uh, if you look at your California general election official voter information guide, who puts this together? You know, who uh, allows for if we're to go to, let's say, Prop 15, which is increasing funding sources for public schools, community colleges, and local governments by changing tax assessment of commercial and industrial property. Who allows Tony Thurmond, the California superintendent of public instruction, to be the person to comment on this? Who allows Jacqueline Martinez, the CEO of the Latino Community Foundation, and Sasha Cutler, public health nurse, a public health nurse? Like, what the fuck does she have to do? with taxes, and she is quoted in here as being the person to argue in favor of Proposition 15. Who decides that? Who sends this out and says, I'm going to let you speak? And then someone gets to rebuttal it, and they say, and I'm going to let Special you speak, and everyone's going to let you two, everyone's going to see what you two groups of people have to say, and we're not going to hear from anybody else. Uh, well, I think it's just people that are really uh, uh, prominent within the special interest industry. So I think you mentioned a, a doctor and everything. Um, so they want people that are like focused in this one area so that they can basically disseminate their knowledge so that you can make uh, the appropriate decision. But I, I don't necessarily yeah. have uh Well, you're, I mean, you're generally right. You, I see like... Uh, so in in um, opposition to it, I see uh, someone from Howard Jarvis uh, Taxpayer Association, somebody from the California State Conference of the NAACP, and the California Small Business Association. So you do have um, interest yeah. groups and people from yeah, there. I'm just saying, yeah. but who decides? Why why couldn't I have written on it? Nobody reached out to me and said, "Well, well, you could if you're lobbyist or special interest, or you had, uh, you know, you you had some type if of I said hand so, somebody, in creating this. Somebody like reached out and said, "Hey, I want to speak out about this. I want to be on the ballot and give my opinion." But it'd be just like everyone else. I mean, why would they give your? I mean, no, no, let's no. Say I'm, that, I'm saying, is that what happened? Is that somebody from the NAACP said, "Hey, like yeah. we want to draft the the stuff in favor," and they said, "Well, nobody else is asking, so here you go." Well, even within the law, though, there will be outside groups that will step in, special interest groups, like even the ACLU, and they'll file things called amici briefs, and basically. Uh, they are briefs that aren't written by the actual litigating parties, let's say, going before the Supreme Court. They're written by special interest groups outside of the current litigation uh -huh. that are saying, based upon the law, the case should go this way. So they write a brief basically saying, we support this particular outcome because the law says this. And then there'll be someone that'll write a different brief that says, no, it should go the other way. But these people are oftentimes very much involved in whatever is being litigated. Right. So they have a lot to add to it. doesn't mean the judge is going to side with either way, but it can give uh, some guidance to the court. Sure. So I think with this too, in these propositions, you have people that know a lot about the inner workings of the proposition itself and are a good uh, voice to kind of disseminate that information it, to the general public. It really makes it challenging though when I say like, you know, Prop 24 was probably one of the most confusing for me um, because uh, 
I am um, against businesses being able to collect tons of information on me without my consent and to be able to sell it and all that stuff. And the arguments for say that a yes strengthens privacy rights and the arguments against say a vote no strengthens privacy rights. And both of them are just saying whatever, like both of them are saying we want stronger privacy, but both special interest groups are saying like one saying for strengthens it and one saying against it strengthens it. And it's hard to tell which is which and who is who. And so one of the nice things that I haven't done yet this year that I need to go on and do is that Ballotpedia. Have you ever been on that? Oh, I think I have actually. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Typically, they give you kind of the who's who of who funded it and sort of why they funded it and what special interest group they come from, like what their background is. If you click on that, it's kind of like a Wikipedia page. Not always, but um, I found that in the past, I recall getting like some type of information. So I feel like that's one where on Prop 24, I need to go on there and see like what's really going on and who the who funded this and who these representatives are, what their backstories are, who they've sort of worked with and like you know, hopefully figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do because it'd be nice if I could just say like, look, this is what I would, I'm for. And someone would say, great, then that's what you're going to get. But I think everyone's for data privacy and no one knows what they're going to get here. It's like everyone's saying like, clearly you're all for it. And just now figure out who's lying. Yeah. And this is uh, one of the ones you're going to be bummed out that I didn't have a chance to to look over yet because that is interesting that they're both making the same exact argument um you think there would be kind of a dividing line (laughs) yeah no you know no it's um Uh, pro arguments it says yes on prop 24 to strengthen privacy rights parents common sense media and the naacp and the nobel prize winning economists say vote yes make privacy laws stronger protect kids online online strengthen privacy laws and hold corporations accountable when they violate your fundamental rights and then Khan says uh, against it says Prop 24 reduces your privacy rights in California. So, so someone says it strengthens and the other one says it reduces. Prop 24 allows uh, to pay for privacy screams, uh, schemes, making workers wait years to learn what confidential information employers collect on them and making it harder to stop tech giants from selling your information. Prop 24 was written behind closed doors with input from social media corporations. And so it's like, you know, both things have information in there to appeal to me. One is saying that corporations are violating my rights and we want to protect kids and make it stronger. And the other one saying that, that, no, 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 don't listen to what the other person's saying. They wrote it behind closed doors with, with the social media corporations. And so both are like pointing the the finger saying corporations are bad. And then it's just like, have you ever played this game? It's called among us or have you heard of this? No. Among Us. A-M. How do you spell among? You know the word I'm saying, though. Because I, the first time yeah. that... that um, A-M-O-N-G? I, A-M, yeah, A-M-O-N-G. I don't know why I thought there was a U in there. Um, the first time I heard someone say it, I'm like, humongous? Like, what are you saying? It's Among Us. A-M-O-U-N-G. And then U-S, Among Us. So it is a riff off of uh, a card playing game that's called sometimes called Werewolf, other times called Mafia or Vampire. And um, what happens is, is everybody picks a card in the card game 
and uh, whoever picks, like, say, the Joker or something is the werewolf or the mafia member or the vampire. And their job is to eliminate everybody before people can guess, have a conversation and guess who the mafia member is. And so what happens is, like, in, let's say, I'm just going to call it mafia for right now. Let's say me and you, Paul, are playing with a bunch of friends. So every we um, we deal out 10 cards And two of them are jacks and all the rest are, you know, face cards or something like that. So everybody picks one. And then somebody's moderating the game. And so they say, okay, if you are a mafia member, open your eyes while everybody else has theirs closed. So the mafia members acknowledge each other. And then they say, everybody else, okay, now everybody open your eyes. Okay. And then you go, okay, now who do you think the mafia is? And everyone goes, well, it's the start of it. I don't know. And they talk for a little bit. It could be this, it could be that. People just usually sit around, drink beer and bullshit. And then they go, oh, well, why are you saying that? Blah, blah, blah. I think you're, you know, it sounds like something yeah. the mafia would say. And then after about a minute or two, everybody closes their eyes. And then the moderator says, okay, mafia, open, the, open your eyes. Who would you like to kill? And then they'll just like point and kill somebody and nobody else can be looking. And they say, okay, close your eyes. Uh, okay, now uh, everybody, and then and then the moderator will touch somebody and say, you're dead, you're out. Um, or they just say, everybody open their eyes. Okay, so-and-so, you died during the night. And now you go, okay, so Paul died, or let's say our friend Jeff died. Um, and now we got to discuss, well, who killed him and why'd they kill him? And we accuse somebody like, oh, I think it was you. Like you said this earlier, blah, blah, blah. And like me, why would I say it? You say it. And people argue back and forth. Well, it eventually gets down to like two people or th- not two people. It gets down to three people and it's up to the three people. If you vote out the wrong person, right? Like you can, everyone says, okay, now who do you think it was? And everybody votes on who the mafia member is. And if you vote unanimously or close to a majority, you boot that person out. And if you boot them out, you win. You figured out who the mafia was. If not, you booted out the wrong person and the game keeps going. Okay. So if we get to the end and it's just me, you, and somebody else, say me, you, and David, and David convinces you that it was me and you guys vote me out, but it was really David. Well, David wins the game. He was the mafia member. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this is just, that's what Among Us is. Among Us is the same game. It's just a computer game. It's become very popular in the last year, in the last few months. Um, it's been around for two years. It's a version of that. And the, the goal is when you're on it, it's the same thing. You're on a spaceship, you walk around and somebody kills somebody and then you all get together and argue and nobody knows fucking anything. Somebody just throws yeah. something out there and they're like, it was blue. And then someone's like, fuck blue, kill him, boot him out. And then other people are like, I was with blue, wasn't him? Like, I don't care. You sound like you're lying too. Okay. And then it gets down to the end and it's just finger pointing for fun. I feel like that's what this shit is. I feel like it's just like massaging and using language to get what you want, but making it, but doing it in such a way that you really don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Well, that's what you're based upon what you're telling me. Like one of these arguments was written by a corporation with an interest. (laughs) We just don't know which one, but that's the brilliance of the writing though. That's what's brilliant about it is because, I mean, but also sucks though, but that's, that's marketing like so all over the world. It's just like what we talked about with, you know, 100% real chicken in prior podcasts. Like, like, what does that mean? Even, even now, like grass fed, I was looking at grass fed meat. I'm going to look at the legal definition and I'll I'll update this on another podcast, but I thought grass fed was just grass fed. I never really asked myself, well, does that mean that they're just fed grass for one day and then fed cornstarch for the rest of their miserable lives? Like, what does that mean? So now they have grass fed and grass finished. So there must be some wiggle room within grass fed, meaning 
and I'm just like, so within, why do we lie to people? Like, just if it says grass fed, what do you think well, 99% of the people are thinking when they read that? Right. That's fed fucking grass. When I see 100% real chicken, I'm thinking I'm eating a chicken goddamn sandwich. Right. Like, not that I'm eating, you know, flour mixed with partly chicken. Yeah. You know? And well, but then what, what if you want a this? fried chicken sandwich because there's flour and fried chicken. So can I really call that a chicken sandwich? It, it gets sticky. I know what you're saying. And it's bullshit yeah. that people are allowed to yeah. do it. In in my line of work, uh, we have what are called um, research, pardon me, research-based interventions and evidence-based interventions. Do you know mm. why? Because someone came along one time and they said, hey, I've got this intervention to treat individuals with autism, okay, and uh, I want people to try it. And then no one was trying it. And so they said, hey, 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 everybody, come on, try it. It's based off of research. And so they're like, whoa, there's research done on this. Okay, I'll do it. And what the individual meant by it was based off of research, it's a (laughs) research-based intervention, is that they considered research when making it up, but didn't actually do research after to see if it was effective. (laughs) And so, and then Uh, so people are like, well, why do you use evidence-based in in this? Like, why'd you guys make that to distinguish? And it's like, we didn't make that. Somebody else made that. So we had to come up with this term evidence-based to distinguish ourselves from them to say, we have evidence they do not. Because they were using it to be sneaky to trick fucking people into spending $15,000, $5,000 a month, $5,000 a fucking month to treat autism and ADHD on something that doesn't really have any evidence to back it up. But they came up with a term called research-based to trick people into doing that shit. And then the thing is, is people spend so much damn money doing it. <laughs> they're like, well, I just got duped. So I'm going to argue in favor and be like, well, it is based on research. They're doing trials on it right now. And it's like, you're protecting your ego because you got fucking spun uh, for $15,000. You don't need well, to like- argue in favor of somebody who just ripped you off. Like you got ripped off. That's all well, there is to it. Well, it is, it is kind of interesting the way in which they word it too. It's like you're selling someone... You know, what'd you say? A five or fifteen thousand dollar. It's five thousand dollars a month. So you have a five thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So you you have a five thousand dollar a month program in which. Uh, wait, you said it was for. Wait, wh- wh- where does the five thousand come from? I have no fucking clue, dude. From the families I know that who who have done this, uh, they end up. They. But I mean, with the breakdown of it, though, like. Why is it five grand? Just real quick oh, before I go into I, my... I absolutely have no idea. I've never done it myself. I've only known two or three families who have done it, this, treat, yeah. this specific treatment. And um, they, what they do is they have a special assessment and then a special consult. And then um, someone comes up with a very specified you know, diet plan and regimen, although it's all, it looks the same from child to child. It's very specific and specified. Um, and then, uh, and then they proceed through this, you know, one-on-one individualized therapy where a kid essentially goes to a gym and does, they play and do gymnastics for an hour every day, once a week, uh, and then come home and do yoga. And then the company stops by and brings them gluten-free pop chips from Vons in a decorated box with frizzies and be like, we, we brought you this special treat that, uh, you know, fits into his special diet that's still really tasty that you guys can eat. Uh, Five 
I know, I know, it's insane. Five thousand dollars, but I could see like myself going into it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's it's research based and everything, and really caring about my kid and like wanting to help as much as I can." Signing the check, and then as they're walking out of the door, asking him like a follow up question, like, "Okay, so you, you guys, you know, it's research based, but what did the evidence say?" Oh, well, nine out of ten kids actually die in our program. Yeah. What no. like so there you know, was like all, all the sales were always you know from parents the sales there because they're always like what do you think about this we already signed up for it and gave them a check for fifteen grand for three months and then they're they're like you know they talk to me about it and I'm like oh god this isn't my area like I don't know shit about this uh, and then they're like well it says this and says that and I'm just like. I'm here for a totally different reason, not to bash other people and do this shit. And so I always like really walk to fine line um, because, you know, but anyways, look, it's not my job to get in the middle of other people's shit and what they're doing. My job is to do my job and to worry about myself and not about what they're doing outside of uh, or with me. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I'd read it and I'd go, oh, well, what's this? What's that? And they're like, oh, well, it's in clinical trials right now. Okay, well, that was seven years ago when I first heard that, and I haven't had heard shit about this yet. So what happened? Because yeah. it was a cure for autism and ADHD. So is everyone just Oh, trying they to- actually made that claim that it was a cure? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bold claim. And see, that, that's, what get, that's what's so sad is that it gets to a point where it's, it's so false and misleading, uh, and there's no actual hope of it working, and they're using- uh, Maybe you know, maybe they such, said like potential cure or something like that, but uh, and they may they may do that, but just preying on people that are seriously just trying to do the best for their kids and looking for anything possible uh, to, to find a solution, and then raking them over the coals for five thousand dollars a month, like that's crazy, and that's and, and this does directly pertain to what we're talking about with these propositions. Like, why is it that the American people do not deserve to know what the fuck they're voting for? Why is it that every single politician is just a series of platitudes? We've heard it all before. I mean, I'm watching these commercials on TV and it's just the same shit over and over and over again. Well, my opponent's an asshole. And then you have, and and I support this message. And then it comes to another commercial and they're like, well, no, she's actually the real asshole and I have proved this message and it's the same thing over and over and over again and these vague arguments um, there's just not a lot of substance to all this kind of stuff and there's a lot of uh, misdirection and it's it's ridiculous like you have to look at the macro of everything like we're hurting Americans by doing this over the long run yeah. By misleading people and creating just a dumb populace. So, but so, I have a question then. If if that's the case, like if it is the government's job to step in and regulate all these things, then we end up with these, you know, giant medical boards. Like there, there's got to be some happy medium, right? And and maybe we're in the midst of it right now. Maybe this is the happy medium because on the one hand, it's like I don't want to completely get rid of the the government's. Um, meddling in healthcare because then anyone can just come in and say, uh, I can treat this and I can treat that. And then I'm going to get duped and you're going to get duped because people could say yeah. whatever the fuck they want. But at the same time, I don't want so much regulation that people who don't know what the fuck they're doing are telling me how to do my job and regulating my job or yeah. that my job gets so necessary, um, 
And so many people are doing that, that we go, oh, well, or the higher ups in our field go, oh, well, um, you know, because everybody needs this now, we could, you know, really block people out from trying to obtain. And so, so this happened a few years ago. We can try and block people out from obtaining payment or being able to get into this business and do what we're doing, like, and, and, and the whole pie will be ours. So a few Wait, years how ago- How would they go about blocking them out? Like, how does- so a few years ago, um, we tried to get uh, licensed and uh, clinic, so we're psychologists, um, uh, behavior analysts are psychologists, um, but licensed psychologists and their whole board or governing board blocked us from becoming licensed because in many of the states, they were the only ones who could provide behavioral services to children with, um, it wasn't in many states, but they could get certain types of funding for uh, children with autism. And so they blocked us who like, whose specialty is behavior analysis, they blocked us from being able to provide that type of service, even though that's our specialty when their specialty was not that, but because they had a license, they fell into the category. Does that make it, sense? So they, they want, so they wanted to corner everything for themselves then. Yeah, yeah they just wanted to- But they to were a governmental agency, right? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, they weren't. These, so these this are, is a company? This is a, No, this is a group of people who have a certain license and they say- uh, Hey, someone's trying to take my clients. Let's, uh, you know, we have the ability to do this right now. Let's not let them be able to do this. Let's not let them turn into a licensure. Otherwise, they're going to get all these clients and and take them from us. And it's like, you're, yeah. you're not even serving this population anyways. Like, why are you trying? But it's like, well, because if I do this, I can make more money. I can start taking over these companies or I can do That's the it. problem. Yeah. yeah you, you, you do need uh, competition uh, for sure. And that, that's actually why I'm not, uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot of angst. Uh, in terms of corporations, like I actually think corporations are a good thing, um, but they can also do bad things as well. I mean, they can create, you know, competitive deserts where they control the entire market. They mm-hmm. run monopol- monopolies, they um, get in tight with the government. So they write their own laws and all that kind of stuff. So it can, you know, it, they can become corrupted. Right. But the the best way to undo that corruption is to ensure that, you know, creative destruction can take place. So those companies will eventually go away because someone else has the ability to enter the market, produce a better product, and then take over. I mean, everyone was upset, you know, and worried about Kmart back in the day and Sears, like, oh my God, they're taking over the world. Now we hate- (laughs) Yeah, now they're non-existent. We hate Walmart, can't stand Walmart. And then now we hate Amazon. Yeah. Like- and guess who is the reason for why Amazon and Walmart do so well? You and me. Because of us, yeah. <laughs> because of us. Yeah. They're not some giant, like, it's just like, well, they keep providing us with these really inexpensive uh, products that that last long enough to do the job that, that's intended. Yeah. Like, there's not some grand conspiracy. Like, they're like, okay, well, I, I manufacture this stuff overseas. Americans aren't you know, protesting and going crazy. They're still buying our shit because we're profiting. Let's just keep doing this. Like we voted with our dollar for all of our shit to go overseas. We just didn't think about it when we were doing it. We're just like, wow, this cost me $19 instead of $70. I mean, we still don't. Like you said, first we hated Walmart and now we we hate Amazon. It's like, uh, we hate Walmart because they sell things for super cheap and then therefore they don't pay their employees well. And then Amazon's like, I got stuff for cheap. And we're like, we'll buy it from you. And then we're like, 20 years later, oh shit, they're not treating and paying their employees well. Like, 
Well, yeah. yeah. How do you uh, think people sell shit for free? Like they figure the, out a way to to cut people's uh, other people's wages and cut other people out of the equation, and yeah, you know, make more money for themselves and for the company. That's that's how you do it. Like you can't just Share magically, yeah, you can't just magically, you know. And it's like, oh well, they they bought it, uh, you know. At such in such great quantities that uh, you know they were able to sell it for cheaper, and it's like, yeah, but if they're doing that and they're doing all these things, do you think magically all of a sudden their their value that they uh, have that underpins all their work is that they want what's best for their employees and they want them all to make a very decent livable wage and um, go well, home the and be is- happy and have enough time off? Like, I don't know if somebody who cares about you know, becoming this huge company and selling things for cheaper is really interested in that. I think they're worried about selling things for cheaper and growing their business. Yeah. And the the thing is, is that, you know, we talk about uh, employee wages and all that kind of stuff and how upset we are about it. And yet everyone has an Amazon Prime account. I go into Walmart, I buy from Amazon, like, like we're part of the problem. But But then it gets to the point where, uh, things start to fall apart economically to where you have no choice but to go to Amazon or Walmart now. Yeah. Like even if you wanted to go to the mom and pop store, you don't have the buying well, power as an American anymore to pay more. I don't know if that's necessarily true. As a as uh, everything I say is true. <laughs> All I, the time. I, wow, I don't I think we. <laughs> I'm seeing the spikes on my uh, <laughs> on the audacity thing. You're seeing the spikes loud. on your recording and the uh, the the hits to your approval ratings. Um, yeah, going way down. But um, no, what, what I was going to say is, if anything, we you know, we say we don't have the means to go shop elsewhere. We do. We just don't have the self-control not to buy things to keep up with the Joneses in conjunction with what you're saying. It's yeah. like, I could well, totally well, do it. It just requires me to buy less and to spend less and to stay at home more. And I'm not willing to do that. Therefore, the only way to maintain my current lifestyle and have all the things I want to have is to shop at Walmart. And yes, yeah. there becomes a point where you get so poor that that's all you can do. But I think a lot of people... Or maybe we could that, still yeah, make the choice. Yeah, I, I see a ton of people who are just like, yeah, we could. fuck that. But also, like, I'm going to save 10 bucks if I shop there. And if I save that 10 bucks, you know, that's Netflix for the month. So yeah. It's like, well, good do without Netflix for a month. Do it. You know, we get HBO one month out of the year. All I do is buy it for one month for 15 bucks and then I cancel it. I fucking binge watch all the shows that I can binge watch. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, I think I need to do that with Netflix too because I think I pay almost 15 or $16 a month for Netflix. I think I need to cancel everything. One month out of the year, do Netflix. Take a month off and read. The next month, do Hulu. Take a month off and read. The next month, do HBO. Take a month off and read. And the next month, do Amazon Prime. Well, and then yeah. I go, well, Prime, I need to order my shit. But anyways, the point being is that like, I don't need them year round. It's convenience. And half the time, like I'm not even watching it. I haven't watched anything on Netflix in like two months. Yeah. So yeah. there's no reason I think like, I should just cancel it. In some of the shows, like there's some shows that are, are really, really good. Like yeah. they're just amazing. And it's those type of shows where you're just like, you're so happy that you actually watched it. But I think uh, so I think a many lot of, of the inter- shows. Did you start watching Handmaid's Tale? Uh, I did. I watched uh, a few of them, and God, what a terrible title! Yeah. When I heard Handmaid's Tale, I was just like, 
I'm not watching that. <laughs> but who knows? Hey, maybe that maybe that's like some subconscious bias. But the maybe. thing is, though, is that when you when you have uh, hundreds of thousands of titles that you can choose from, a lot of times you're just going off the picture and oh, you're yeah. going off the title. Yep. And that's why they switch up the background pictures so much is because they're trying to hook you. And then they tell you don't judge a book by its cover. And then that's all we do our whole fucking lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, even, it'd be ridiculous to say otherwise. I mean, but the thing is, is that that's what we have to understand as human beings is that we, we always judge first because we need to do that for to su- survive biologically. Right. You need yeah. to yes, identify absolutely. threats. Absolutely. But we are also have this gift of having a prefrontal cortex, which allows you to overcome those biases. So you need to engage in that, too. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, so let's let's hop back to the actual um propositions here though because we've digressed quite a bit away and i definitely enjoy this i'm like well no it's great because as as we digress i'm like oh instead of podcasting like you and i just got 15 minutes of like shooting the shit like we would do if we were just hanging out and it's great yeah it makes it feel at least to me less podcasty and more like what we would be doing anyways um and so I like sort of getting, I like talking about the subject and then drifting off into those conversations and then talking about it. So I want to, I want to pull it back here. Um, and so, you know, I think initially I'm trying to go back when we started talking about the propositions, you were saying you liked the idea of what our old landlord did. What was her name again? Candace? Uh, Candace Deerking. There you go. Uh, I, uh, you were saying, well, should we be giving out her name? Whatever. I didn't even think about that. Well, yeah, we have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, but uh, you were saying you liked the idea of her getting all these people together and having a bunch of different uh, people come in to give their nuanced opinions and, and different perspectives on yeah. it. Um, and I mean, I do too. I, you know, I wanted Sarah at one point to call like her sisters and cousins, but at the same time I go, but don't call anybody who's just going to take over and rant and don't call anybody who's just going to be a loud voice and not let anybody speak. And don't call anybody who's not going to be respectful of other people's opinions. You know, there's why? Uh, <laughs> no, really? Why? I mean, because that dominates the conversation. It's, you know, I, the but isn't that day, the same argument they're using for Trump? Like, why go to the debate when he's just a pompous asshole that won't act any different? I, I actually think that those are the, the perfect opportunity to get those individuals in giant groups of people that may be nuanced and would like to have a conversation and then work that individual in front of the room and make but, and but diminish them in front of no. the rest of the group. Not doing it by being an asshole. Not but you have a different goal in mind. My goal is to come in and learn about the ballots and figure out how I should vote, not change not that convert. person's asshole uh, attitude or opinion. And so what I'm saying is like, maybe there's a time and a place for that. It's not here where we have these discussions. You know? So are we assuming that their opinion is invalid? Like it's just a crazy no, 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 opinion? No. I don't, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying somebody who's allowed doesn't allow for a conversation to be had. I mean, I've had so many conversations amongst friends that turns into someone being like, you're fucking stupid, man. You're a bigot, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, now you're not allowing anyone to talk and you're not having a conversation, you're just insulting somebody. And Isn't that our political discourse though? Isn't that what America is right now? 
Yeah, but there, that's not fun. There's no substance underneath that. I don't learn anything no, or there take isn't. away anything intellectual from that conversation. It's, I want to hear what you're thinking and I want to hear why so I can understand it and grow from it and understand you and possibly help change you if I think your point of view is wrong. Maybe I can feed you some information that will resonate with you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, calling somebody a fucking bigot doesn't help change their opinion uh, in my Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I will it doesn't. Say, it never does. Well, you, we say it never does, but in the specific situation I'm thinking of, I'm like, well, you know what? I got upset by the end of this conversation and then I yelled at somebody, uh, and I didn't call them a fucking bigot, but I yelled at them. And then, um, to some degree had that person, uh, have like a change of heart and they were like, man, like you really got upset with me and like. Um, you know, that, that wasn't what I was trying to do at all, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, I had this realization. I'm like, I didn't want one of my friends to yell at my other friend and be mean and rude. And he's like, fuck that. That's the only way he's going to learn. And then my friend's pushing me on something and I get pissed off and snap and scream. Uh, and then he adjusts. He goes, Hey, like he goes, wow, you were really upset. And I didn't mean to make you do that. Like I shouldn't have been doing what I was doing. And it's like, so I actually did achieve change through yelling it wasn't name calling but it was yelling because it's that because that's because that's not your default mode it's shocking yes that's true it's shocking like i very rarely get mad so i think when when people see me mad or angry it's shocking that's because true. so they so they know that there's something to be bothered about. But if it's someone that's just constantly bitching, complaining, whining, yelling, screaming, and then they do you know, it, it's nothing then, out of the ordinary. Yeah, so you're just like you're okay. You're doing what you normally do. So yeah. I think someone that knows you well, respects you, and then uh, takes it upon themselves to get you so aggravated that you break character. I think that tells them like, holy shit, like I'm acting like an animal right now, which may be conducive for a group type of setting dynamic. Like there's always those people that are going to try and suck yeah. the air out of the room. And, just well, like and with this Trump. friend wasn't but, acting like an animal. Like we were just, everyone was drunk and everyone was arguing and everyone was getting caught up in their own ideas is what it was. Yeah. And, yeah. And but I, I, I lost my cool. So there's some people you're not going to be able to reach. I've had, there's a discussion that I had, uh, with someone, I'm not going to mention the person, but they've, uh, they're, uh, very much for Trump and everything. And our discussions got, they could get pretty animated, mm-hmm. really animated. And we were kind of taking over the conversation from one another. But towards, I would say, about 30 minutes into our kind of debate, I started, instead of telling him what I thought, I just started asking him what he thought. Mm-hmm. So, for example, he was, you know, I was saying that we needed to legalize drugs. And uh, or decriminalize drugs and we need to have alternative solutions for individuals and maybe even, you know, like we've talked about in the podcast, we've gone through all this stuff. But I just mentioned that and his default was like, you know, uh, we can't do that because, you know, what happened, you know, they will go on a bender and then they'll break into my house and they'll steal shit and they'll burglarize and we can't allow that. So then I'm like, okay, well, uh, so then by your logic, we should also ban firearms correct because there's a likelihood that kids are going to get shot in school and then he had this no that's no it's a right it's a it's a right it's like well all of us as as americans have the freedom to do with our own bodies yeah. as we want to yeah. as long as it's we're a not right it's a freedom we're yeah. free that's what 
I mean, that's what we say that we are as a yeah. society. We are a free society. So just by me doing that, he knew he got caught up. And the, the, there may be a part of the argument that I'm missing right now. There may be someone that's screaming at you know at their speakers right now saying like, if you had said that, I would have countered in this way. And I'd love to hear from that person because that will allow me to refine my view. Maybe I'm wrong somewhere. But in that moment, I got him to pause. And then throughout the next 30 minutes of the conversation, he slowly started to come my way. He wouldn't fully agree, but it got to a point where well, no we were both will. pacified enough to realize like, okay, yeah. there's, there's something in it for both of us. Maybe, you know... I think I just provide him with a, with another way of thinking about sure yeah the way he was thinking about it. I, I got to say this: it's so hard for people in the moment to admit when they were wrong or when they were hypocritical. It's so much easier to come back um, a few days later and say, "Hey, look, yeah. I thought about what you were saying, and I'm sorry." Because like we have this whole idea of continuity of ourselves, and like it's such a blow to our ego in that moment to be like, "Hey, man, like uh, you're right. Um, what I just did, like." You're totally right. Totally right. You caught me on that. And like, I'm not saying where like you and I have these discussions, like I'm saying in an argument where people are pissed off or like when they're really doing, you know, getting heated up about something, if they get proven wrong, they might know it, they might feel like they get caught. But it, you know, you said this person didn't fully come around and I'm saying, yeah, I don't know if anybody would. That's really hard. Most people will come around a few days later. If they did, like, yeah. I mean, that's really, really big of them. I have a few friends who will do well, that, but not, I mean, well, let me maybe two. It, it, it's not so much like with this individual of me convincing him or him necessarily convincing me. We got to a point where we could now compromise if we were legislators. Yeah. If we if we were in a deliberative body that was deciding this legislation, we were at now at a position to compromise. Yeah. Because the hyperbole and exaggeration was out of the room. Yeah. We both realized, okay, well, there's some bad to my argument, because there is a potential for, you know, someone that has maybe a, a, a mental illness combined with an addiction that could, you know, lead to them right. breaking into a home or who knows. There's all kinds of different possibilities. But you just try to figure out, like, how can we compromise to do the greatest good for the moment and also for the future? Right. And I think by having big groups of people, even with the loud person in the room, there's a need to reciprocate, unless the person has an issue, they would typically conform to the room, not the ideology, but at least the tone. Yeah. Hey, I just got a really random thought that I agree with you that they would conform to it a little bit. And that's a great way. But I drifted off on to thinking about drugs. And what if we legalized drugs and then sold a certain strength of, of whatever the drug was of all the drugs? And that's all you could buy is this certain strength. And people, we let people get used to using and use how they use. And then we lied to everybody and very slowly over the course of five or 10 years decreased the strength of each actual drug that we're putting in there. And so we say like, here's what a drug are you on? hundred milligrams of heroin. <laughs> And people buy it and shoot it up. I don't know how many milligrams they shoot up. But then you think so? You think a heroin addict wouldn't know that they've been gradually weaned off of heroin? Wait, yeah. so you want to get you well, want to give them heroin, <laughs> make them addicted, and then they're already addicted. Paul, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let's lie are to you them. 
<laughs> and we'll dilute whatever it is with water if it's a pill of sugar. Over the course of years, I'm not just saying in a day or two. Over the course of years, we slowly do it, and then and then all of a sudden over over the over course of years, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your world, yeah, the addict's gonna be like, you know what, like. My life's been a lot more peaceful, and this needle just isn't going as far as it used to. Uh, hey, it could happen. That's how I like really reduced my intake of smoking cigarettes. Is I would just smoke a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less, and I, you know, it's the craving of the cigarette initially that's the hard part to fight. Um, yeah, it's not hard to put it out, and then like if I put it out, I was like, fuck, I didn't get that last hit. I better go back and get it. Like that was never the case. It was always just like. Uh, I really want a cigarette right now. And so me, I have to cold Turkey everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, That's how I've always been. I I can't do what you did and wane you off, like wane off. I did it with, well, I was going to say everything, but, but what if you were to do this? I've only taken like three drugs in my life. Marijuana, alcohol. What if, what if with alcohol, your, your way of quitting so did you try to reduce your intake and did you try maybe like I did baby steps. I'm saying I would take like one less hit. I would count my hits or I would like mark where the cigarettes are and like make the lines closer and closer and closer to the edge over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you ever try, you know, going, okay, well I drink three forties a night um, or however many you drink two forties a night. Let me just start by pouring out the last two ounces let me, you know, the last two ounces, I'm going to pour that out. And then after a week or two weeks, I'll pour out the last three ounces. It never, last... no, it never, well, th- thankfully I was never drinking 240s a night. I was just always uh, like a weekend warrior, yeah. but you knew, you knew me. I mean, I would go way, way over the top. And yeah, you have those thoughts of like weaning yourself off and you're like, and then I'll just get down and I'll just have two beers. And they'll just hang out with everyone. You know, <laughs> two two beers over the course of, you know, me partying from 10 to 5 in the morning. That's all I need is two beers. Yeah. But the, the thing is, is that, you know, we're old enough now to realize, at least with my personality, that that doesn't work. I think and that's what it is. Specific, it's a personality Well, it's atomic type. habits. Yeah. It's atomic habits and the power of habit. It's, it's cue, routine, and then reward. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have the cue, which is like, oh, we're out with friends. And then I'd have the drink. That was the routine, and but the reward was so great that it was like, well, I'm not going to stop it too. That's dumb. I'll have four, and then I'll stop, and then, and it's just like there was never going to be like a social drinking version of myself, even though that there was quite a, like a lot of times where I would limit my alcohol and yeah. take the the times where I drank to excess far exceeded the times that I limited my intake. And that's just something you have to learn as you go through life and you get older. And it's hard to learn because when you're younger and like with me, I was never like an angry drunk. I always just had a really good time. So everyone encouraged it. But once you start getting older, that's because you would then put lighter fluid in your mouth and try and spit it (laughs) out like things on fire. I I like to entertain. I, I really like to entertain. Even though it puts my own life at risk. Uh, <laughs> All right. But, uh, so, yeah. Look, let's go back to these pro- Anywho. Let's go back to these propositions. Let's discuss. In the five minutes we have left? No, we're going for another hour. Um, proposition 22 exempts app based transportation and delivery companies from providing employee benefits to certain drivers. Now, you worked for Uber or Lyft? And Lyft. Oh, you and did both. Lyft while I was in, uh, 
going through law school and I am actually not going, I was not planning on voting this because anything that I put down is just going to be a spite vote. Uh Uh-huh. What do you mean? I hate Uber and I hate Lyft. Why? They're the worst. They don't give a shit about the drivers. They don't give a shit. They used to hide the numbers from the drivers. If I if I had to if I had an emergency or let's say I had some type of transaction that I had to go over, they hid the number. Uh huh. You couldn't find it in the app. It was impossible. In other words, you couldn't find out how much until they, they got sued. The person. Well, no, no, I'm just saying if you, if you needed to contact Uber, if there was a problem with their app, if there was a problem with the charges, if there was some type of issue, and if you picked up the wrong person, anything, they hid the number. And then there was a problem, and they did that from the riders too, the people that were passengers. Uh-huh. They did that to them too. And then there was a glitch in their system where they accidentally charged people ridiculous amounts to their cards. Like one person I think was charged like $10,500 for a one-mile trip. Uh-huh. But it was across multiple accounts, so multiple people were affected. They couldn't contact Uber because you couldn't find the fucking number on the app. So uh, being the heroes that they are, they issue a press release and like, we've made it all easy again and everything. I had a full-on conversation uh, with them about discrimination because they say that we're, you know, when there's a lot of times where I pick up passengers where there was a language barrier. Yeah. And there was one time I picked up a passenger that wasn't supposed to be my passenger. It's so busy in Santa Barbara that right. I could pick up two people that are within, you know, basically standing right next to each other. I'm supposed to pick up one guy and another Uber driver is supposed to come and pick up the other dude. Right. But the one guy that I picked up who I thought was my passenger, I said, I was like, I think his name was Juan. I was like, hey, Juan, how's it going, man? And he just kind of nodded. And that's what, you know, usually happens. Like they'll nod because they can't speak the language. So he hopped in the car. We started going. All of a sudden he realizes that we're going in the wrong direction. I realize I'm going in the wrong direction because the app's going crazy. So uh, basically I gave the guy a free ride. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I know I, I, I gave him, uh, he got halfway to his destination. I told him I had to cancel the trip uh, and he understood. Uh, so he was going to get another Uber, but I got him halfway to his destination. So he got halfway there for free. I called Uber and I, I told them, I was like, I want to be refunded this mm-hmm. because, because I was doing the right thing. Right. Like this guy did not speak English adequately, so I thought I was doing the right thing. And I was in the vicinity. You can see all of this in your guys' technology. And she's like, I'm sorry, sir, there's nothing we can do. And they're just going through all these, all the motions. It, you know, it, she sounds like she has an Indian accent, so I'm assuming they have, you know, uh, a location in India where you call into. And there was just zero help. Right. No, nothing you could do. And finally, I, I, I did. I, I told her, and, I, I, and I'm always polite with the customer service individuals and I, because I understand that they don't have the power. They're just reading off of a script. But like right. I told her, and I told her that, and I, but I, I said, I'm like, listen, is it Uber's policy that if someone doesn't speak English that I am actively allowed to discriminate against that individual? That's Uber's policy? Sir, I'm sorry, I, I cannot confirm that. Well, legally, I need to know. Mm-hmm. Are, are you a company that's allowing me to discriminate because you don't put in a technology or put a technology in place that allows me to identify who the individual is? 
maybe even just a tone or something that flashes on their phone mm-hmm. that, that they could show me, right. you know, a symbol that I can match up with my own that, that surpasses all languages that both people can understand. Nothing, nothing. I contacted him over and over and over again. Please, what do I do? What do I do? Nothing, nothing. They just told me. And I, I even told them at one point, I was like, you know, I, I'm looking at, at taking legal action here because this is just, this is bullshit. Right. Never got refunded. They didn't care about it. They didn't keep records. Every time I'd contact someone, they'd be like, oh, we have no record. I'm like, I have the record and I would send it all because I kept copies of it. Same with Lyft. Lyft comes off as like the weird company where it's like, we're, we're just a group of diverse people driving, trying to have fun. Yeah. I drove this black woman. Uh, she had to drive. It was a, a, a mile she had to go. A mile she had to go. The app fucked up and she had to wait at her destination. She waited there patiently for 35 minutes before their app got back on track. And I pulled up and I was expecting, you know, the person there to be upset. And she was great. And I told her, I'm like, I'm going to contact Lyft after this. I'm going to make sure that you get refunded because you shouldn't have to pay anything because they wasted 35, 40 minutes of your time. Right. Lyft never sent a response. Nothing. The company that cares, and we're all weird and accepting, and nothing. (laughs) Nothing. So So these companies, fuck all of them. All of these drivers are depreciating their vehicles into dirt so that these fuckers can fire them one day and put in autonomous vehicles. Okay, so like if, what is like? But what's your them. vote? What's your vote then, though, on this? Like, I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to vote because but I don't, listen to the I'm, way I'm voting. I'm taking it personally, but I'm so I'm fine not going to vote that on that because I don't give a shit about them. I give about the people who are working for them. Like what? I'm going to let the workers decide that one. I'm going to let the the people that are still working for See, Uber and Lyft. I, they they have a they currently have a state. But everybody else, a, everybody else is going to go out and vote on this right now, Paul. The courts already passed uh, a thing two days ago or three days ago saying that they are going to mandate Lyft and Uber to make uh, the drivers actual employees of the state and that they have 30 days to implement it. However, we're still voting on it. And then Uber and Lyft can both go to the Supreme Court. So they went to the California Supreme Court or whatever. What's the California Supreme Court? Yeah, California Supreme Court. Okay. Well, now they can go to the federal Supreme Court. And and because apparently a case um, already happened about this and they lost in small claims court or in small business court. And then they went to the California Supreme court. They lost there and now they're going to go to the actual court. The but ninth, we, there you ninth go. Circuit. There you go. But we still get to vote on it. So I'm like, well, why the fuck are we even voting on it? And I guess maybe we're voting on it because we could repeal whatever law was passed or whatever legal action was taken. Yeah. I don't really understand that. We well, can, listen, uh, if you will vote yes is to make them independent contractors, right? So if you were to vote no on this, if I did my spite vote and I voted no, uh, all Uber and Lyft would do is they would just pack their bags from California. They'd say, F you, we have the whole entire world. We don't care. Mm-hmm. And then the populace here in California will <laughs> flip the fuck out because they no longer have easy access to rides. And they'll eventually come back in some other way, in some other form. So will, th- they, th- that's the, well, will they or will something better get created in its place? Will, uh, will maybe the taxi companies come back and lower their rates and be more readily available? 
Will there become another app that takes over doing the same thing? Because look, one of the be- one of the good things that I think about Uber is is that if you want to hustle and make an extra buck after work, you could do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. the good thing. And and that yeah. should be your choice. You know, Paul, you say, I don't like this company, so I'm not going to fucking work for them anymore. Fuck them. But yeah. other people go, well, I had those issues, but also like this is one of the few opportunities I get to earn in the evening to make extra You're money right. and there's good tips. And yeah. and I want to be able to do that. And so, so I- That's why I can't take my individual bias and cast my vote because it'd just be a spite vote. Well, no, no, no. But, but what I'm saying is your spite vote might be a good thing because if Uber has to leave because of those reasons- it's nice that people have that in place and maybe someone will come up with something better that works for everybody that allows for independent yeah. contractors, but that has more well, accountability or whatever. I don't know what it is. See, this is why it'd be interesting to have a conversation with, uh, with David Latimer because like he, he's into technology and all that kind of stuff. Like that's what he got his degree in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like for, you're talking about like alternatives and competition. Like I kept on thinking like, why in the fuck do you need an Uber or a Lyft? Like, why can't someone just create some janky app where it's just like, <laughs> call you know, screw Uber and Lyft.com and literally just have like- Call it, hey, dr- call it Scroober. Scroober, yeah. Well, that's too close to uh, South Park. They, they, they're like, uh, the, they ordered a pooper or something. <laughs> okay. They're like, oh, because they, they, they ordered Towley, uh, 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 Uber or something. And then I think the Lyft shows up and she's like, oh, Lyft. <laughs> he's all disappointed. Was that this season? I did not see that. No, no, okay. no, no. This is, I will, this I've is only from... seen uh, one episode this season. That was the first one, the pandemic special. So I've got three episodes to catch up on, which I suppose I'll do tonight after. Uh, well, no, they haven't started their season. Wait, really? They only did... Just a special. That's what I thought too. I thought they started a season, but it was just the uh, pandemic special. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, well, okay. I'm fairly certain. I'm, I mean, I'm going to look it up after this because um, our friend who works on the show, I know she's been back to work full time. So, so you, so you trust me on uh, on propositions, but you don't trust me about South Park. N- no, because I have a friend who works there, <laughs> <laughs> and she's been working. She was working last week, so I would assume something's coming up oh, tonight good. or tomorrow. Well, they they've got to be uh, starting up pretty soon. And well, actually, if she's working, then yeah, they've got to be doing the seasons. Or the she episodes. was working last Thursday night, so if that's the case, I would assume there's going to be an episode tomorrow night. Okay. Oh, good. What's today? Tuesday comes out Wednesday. Yeah. So, anyways, okay. Look. Um, so. Maybe we say, maybe I say no on this then. And that means that, um, they aren't, they don't get to be independent contractors. Uh, here's the thing too. Like, I mean, it's still so relatively new in this. So say Paul, a bunch of people get your uh, idea and they decide, I don't want to stop doing this. If all the independent contractors rise against and say, fuck you, Uber, they're going to go, well, we must, we need to fix something because we need people to drive for us. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's sort of a democracy in that, and that it's so free that it's like, you could choose not to work for them. You can go work somewhere well, the, yeah. else and make yeah. an extra buck somewhere else. Right? Yeah. And no, they, and that, that's what they, that, that's, yeah, exactly. And that, that's, that would actually be a conservative argument because and it's true. Like you have the option, you can go, 
and do whatever you're whatever you want. And the nice thing actually about Uber and Lyft was obviously the fact that I could pick and choose right. when I wanted to work. So right. if, if I wanted to to leave class at nine thirty at night and work until three or four in the morning, I had the luxury and there was no one else that could tell me <sighs> otherwise. My biggest thing was I hated how the companies made themselves out to be one way and then were another. Right. Like it, it was just so obvious that they they truly don't so care. I think the key like at all. I think the key here, though, to recognize, though, uh, about labor laws is that uh, a good economy probably has diversity in its labor force and labor laws. In other words, there should be people who are required to be full-time workers, and then there should be a lot of jobs available in economy for people to be independent contractors so that they don't have to work a full 40 hours or be subject to the same things to where they could just pick up gigs and deliver. Like, you know what would be great is... Uh, um, you know, if I could, uh, go and deliver pizzas on the weekend and do this. Okay. Well, I came up with an app for it. It's called Uber eats or it's called uh, hub. What's it called? Grubhub. Grubhub. Um, yeah. and all that shit. And then, and then people go, oh, cool. I could do that. And, and now restaurants can all deliver and people can be lazy as fuck. I've done Grubhub one time in my life. Not only was everything way more fucking expensive from a place that's a mile away from my house, it took them th- two and a half hours to get there and they spilled goddamn maple syrup all over the bag. So I had no syrup for my pancakes and everything was fucking sticky. Last goddamn time I will ever do Grubhub. And that's democracy. They, they at least made your pancakes gluten-free, right? Uh, no. <laughs> I did oh not my ask God. For oh but then my God. I, but then, okay, so same thing like you said. I contacted Grubhub and they're like, oh, you have to contact the restaurant you got it from because it's their thing. And and the restaurant I got it from, their website is what directed me to Grubhub when I ordered from them. And then they're like, no, that's not on us. That's on Grubhub. And then so I just got fucked from everybody. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, sorry, you got a cold, shitty meal with no syrup and everything was fucking sticky and ruined and syrup in the food yeah. that didn't need syrup. Like, have fun with no that. One- have fun with that $30 order, bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah, no one. They called me a bitch as I hung up the phone. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Like, what are you no, going to no, do about it, you pussy? You going you to drive up here to Grubhub headquarters and do something about it? What are you going to do? Cry about <laughs> it? Uh, you going to call Wambulance? <laughs> no, it's. Uh, but I guess that's just anytime corporations get big, there's there's of course they're going to lose that that intimacy and that that caring ability. So maybe this is the first time where I've gotten like a real direct look, you know, uh, at something like this because yeah. typically I've worked in smaller companies, but you know I worked at large organizations though too. Um, but they were integrated within a large building. So it wasn't just like a bunch of independent drivers all over the place with, you know, an office in Cupertino. Yeah. So, and I just, I always thought too, while I was driving for Uber and Lyft, I was like, how is it that no one has built a website yet for drivers? And they just log in with their driver information. They indicate whether or not they're active or not. And you just unionize by being online and just have a kill switch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Uber just took another uh, 10 cents out of our pay for and every then, mile that we go or whatever. And then, and then so everyone's yeah, like, you, okay, fuck, fuck them. Let's switch over to this free app that's janky really quick. And then everyone will come over here and uh, Uber's not going to make shit. Is that what you're yeah, saying? You just clo- yeah, you just basically, like if you could have like a, a push notification on your phone to where, let's say if, like something happens that's bad and then you have enough Uber drivers that vote and it crosses a certain threshold and then there's a push noti- notification that's sent out to all the Uber drivers just that flashes red and says, don't drive today. Mm-hmm. 
But the problem is, is that you have to make sure every driver doesn't do it. And obviously there's going to be those people that are just like, well, shit, even if, if they no do, one's driving, no, no, no. I'll make a shit ton of money. No, no, no. Even if they do, don't even do that. If you could just make another app that doesn't require a lot of maintenance or updates or it just, so how about this? An app where someone requests a ride. Okay. And then, and then you accept or not, it just t- sort of tells you where they are and kind of where they're going, but it doesn't give you a whole location. And then you just text from there. And you go, uh, here's how much it's going to cost. And it's always cheaper than Uber. And then no one needs to fucking use Uber anymore. Just and, make well, that, a simplified that's... version of Uber that doesn't have all the complication process of it and takes them out of the equation. And now you yeah. get more money and they don't, and the customer pays less money and Uber's fucking gone. Bye. But we must, but we must be missing something because that that was my idea. It seems easy enough because I was just thinking like, okay, so you have someone that wants to get a ride somewhere. They post their their current location. They post their end destination. You have some agreed upon, you know, rate that's charged per mile. Yeah. It'll show on Google Maps, so there's no arguing. Both parties know what the distance is and what route's taken. And if there's an agreed upon rate, it's a flat rate, and you're right. All the money goes to the driver, so the passenger feels good. They're actually helping someone, yep. and then the uh, the big giant corporation of Cupertino isn't getting their their beak wet anymore. Yeah, and the customer can pay a little bit less. There's a, yeah, a need it, in the middle for the customer and driver. Exactly, and it'll incentivize someone like an Uber to say, "Wait a minute." Like they found a loophole, and now public opinion is on their side, and we're losing business. It w- could be a catalyst for them to change. Yeah. Well, pipe so, but they don't call. have a catalyst right now. Well, that that's exactly. And that, that's why, you know, I, I'm just being bitter about it and everything. I just thought they could no, have done no, a better I job and answered simple questions. But that's, and they your didn't. bitterness is you're discounting that opinion. That's a good opinion. It's a valid view into the life of an Uber driver and things that people don't. But I don't want to fuck over everyone else. That you're, has you're not it. fucking over anybody, everybody else. It's your opinion has to represent somebody else besides you. Yeah. And Well, that's a I mean, that's the hardest part about even voting for Joe Biden. Yeah. It's a fucking spite vote. And I, I honestly, <laughs> like, I, I, no, I, I'm wondering, well, because I, I want the fucking baby shit to stop. Uh, I, I don't so, want an adult baby yelling from the fucking podium all the time. And I don't want, you know, a person that has to have people that go and talk to him and say, hey, be a normal person during this debate tonight, please. <laughs> yeah. So that you, so you can win for once. Stop. Yeah. Like, and he did a good job. He, he like did it was, it was, it was, so much of a better job this time yeah. around. Like, clearly he bit yes. his fucking lip because he's a... But it doesn't matter because you know that's not him. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is it has nothing to do with policies or conservatism or whatever. I just don't want some pompous, arrogant asshole that only thinks about his own ego. Yeah. Because I don't want someone who is egotistical deciding if shit hits the fan how to pull the trigger. Because he's going to be using our men and women to pull that trigger. He's not right. going to fucking do anything. Right. He's just going to be in the big house watching all the shit go down while everyone else is putting their lives on the line. Yeah. But I hate the fact that I'm making a spite vote because Joe Biden's a fucking joke too. Like, like we are settling. We are settling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% we're settling. And I, I'm actually thinking about crossing off Joe Biden and going third party 
just as as a vote for posterity like you know if 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 things do get really bad i want everyone to know that i didn't vote for either of these fucking assholes i know so i'm glad you're coming to the point with that because my argument has been since day one paul if now isn't the time to change then when you're not going to change when things are fucking good like you got to get to the bottom and just be like fuck all of this i'm done burn it down and start over at some point you have to well you Now's not the time to do it. It's like, now's the, I know I've said this a hundred times. Now's the only time to do it. It's the time. Yeah. And that's why I was actually thinking about crossing out my vote as much as I, I, I think it'd be beneficial for like, I would, I would be fine. I like how you're it. talking about crossing it out. Like you already wrote it in. You're going to mail your ballot in. And then you're going to cross no, you it out. No, you can strike it. No, you can oh, strike okay. it. I, I no, figure I you're going to send it in. They're going to be like, what the fuck is this? And just trash after you put in all this thought and all this effort. <laughs> no, I, well, I know. I can see that. Like, oh, oh well, X isn't, you know, quite yeah. right. So we're not going to count it. And But the, the thing is, is it like, I'm really worried because we don't know what the coronavirus is going to look like when everything is sure. all said and done. Sure. Uh, we don't know the economic impact of that. And it could be devastating. And I was thinking about today when I went on my morning hike, I was like, if Trump wins and the economy goes to shit, we may not see a Trump again. See what I mean? In Second other words, term, in other if words, things get really bad, we may never vote for someone that bad again. Because we see how stupid of a mistake we made. Exactly. Even though it won't be Trump's fault. Yeah. COVID came, we could have done better. We could have, obviously. Sometimes I, you got to hit rock furious. bottom to change your behavior. And sometimes yeah. people, yeah. Look, I mean. But if Joe Biden gets it, if Joe Biden wins. Then which you're just going to get is, another Trump in four years. And, and maybe even worse. Yep. Like, see, we told you about these Democrats. And the thing is, is like I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter who is in office next next time. Oh, well, rather, there could have been a better response, a better response. There could have been a response nationally from Trump in terms of the coronavirus. So like we could have had national unity, a fucking message, relied on experts and just said, hey, we don't know what the hell's going on here. So we're going to take uh, extreme precautions. We're going to lock down for two weeks. We're going to do this on a federal level. And that includes banning travel and all that kind of stuff. Even though everyone said that what Trump did was xenophobic, we just don't know. We don't know what was occurring at that time. So we needed a national message. So part of it does rest upon Trump. Yeah. Um, but the I, coronavirus itself was was itself something that unknown. couldn't be. Yeah, it was yeah. just an unknown. Like we knew something was going to happen, just like we know that anything can happen at any point in the future. We know there's a bunch of different doomsday scenarios. But this was unprecedented, uh, at least in our lifetimes. And I worry or rather with either of these presidents in the next term, if the economy does collapse, it won't necessarily be either I mean, of their faults, but the, but nonetheless, the population will blame that president. It's just like George Bush. Yeah, no, that's, that's how like we got he, how here. How is he supposed to know? But Paul, that's how we got here to begin with. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I have so many people in my life who have said, dude, you have to vote for Biden just to get Trump out of there. And it's like, 
That's what we've fucking been doing. And we ended up with Trump. Do you not yes. see how we're going to, if you're telling me to do the thing that we've been doing for yeah. 30 years that got us to this place and you think that's going to get us out of this place. It's, you know, yeah. doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And you're fucking telling me, not you, you're chasing, but like you're chasing people your are tail. telling me like, like, well, you just got to vote the lesser of evils. When did we not yeah. do that? When was the last election when we went, this isn't the lesser of two evils. We're voting for who we really think is good. Because I can't recall a time that I've ever done that. I no. can't recall a time in my lifetime where I voted. Oh, okay, that's not a, that's, that's a lie. I voted for Ron Paul. I thought Ron Paul was fucking great. Yeah. I voted for Gary Johnson. Eh, he's a weirdo. There could have been a better candidate out there. In my, yeah. in my head, that was the least of all evils. So I was cool with Ron Paul. The people had issues with him. People dug up dirt on him. But in general, he was a guy with a consistent message and a message that um, I agreed with. He's uh, libertarian Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He like, had, he, like he knew what was coming out of his mouth. He I knew, knew it was coming out of his mouth. It. And there was, there was, he had something specific he wanted to tackle. You know, with Bernie Sanders, it. if there was a like, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to credit quality for everybody. Um, the, but The billionaires? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're, you're much better we'll at him than get I am. The bill, billionaires? But with Ron Paul, he's like, we're going to fucking audit the Federal Reserve. That's it. The Federal Reserve is stupid. It's adjusting our economy in every which direction, and there's too many taxes. Let's just do those things. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, those are two very clear things. It's not, we're going to tackle inequality. Like, that's an idea. Here's a very physical thing. We're going to yeah. go in here, we're going to audit, and this is what we're going to do. That's why I liked him. I'm not saying he's better than Bernie or this or that. I'm just saying he's someone who I voted for where I didn't feel like... Now, he was a third-party vote, and he garnered yeah. somewhat of a popular response amongst third-party voters, but I'm just... My rant was... We've always done the lesser of two evil things, and this is what got us Trump. I don't know why you yeah. you, you saying it keeps vote more the more evil. Yeah, I don't know why you saying voting for the lesser of two evils is good. Well, but, but now I'm. But this but, time it's really important. Okay, and well, in four this, years you're going to say the same. You're going to say, but but four years ago it was it was really important, but this is even more important. And then four years, and it's always going to be more important than four years before. But this is the first time I've actually felt it. Before I never thought that. Like I, I was just like. I was like, oh, I'm not voting a Democrat. That'll never happen. Like, it's just, you know, but there wasn't this sense of urgency. Like, like things just don't seem right. Like, things seem off enough to where things I, could go horribly wrong. But you've like, been hearing it forever, though, right? Because when Bush ran for his second term, everyone said, this is one of the most important votes. We've got a war going on. We don't want to switch presidents. This person's going to come in and pull out and it's going to undo everything we did. This is the most important vote in history. Well, then that yeah. goes on and then we go, this is the most important vote in history. We've been in the Middle East for eight years and we need to get out of there. And if you don't get out of there, this is the most important vote and we're just going to be there forever. Yeah. And this is ridiculous. And then Obama gets well, in and then people go, this is the most important vote. He's trying to upturn uh, health care and this and that. And if we don't get him out of here, he's going to ruin democracy. We need to vote for Mitt Romney, which, by the way, I talked a lot of shit about Mitt Romney. And now here I am in 2020. I'm like, I fucking miss that guy. Bring him oh, I, I liked Mitt Romney. Yeah, I love like, that guy. I now. really liked it. And now Republicans can't stand him. It's because he stayed a Republican. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly he's why. Like, he's like, hey, listen, I'm a Mormon. Like, hey, you I should have values, he. and I was preaching all of these values to everyone as I was running. I can't back this orange orangutan. Yeah, like I consider myself. Yeah. A type of a Christian. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. 
like the party moved. I stayed here. He <laughs> he, he should identify moved. as a libertarian and become the libertarian candidate and he try and uphold a little more of those values. Well, I think I think a, a lot of Republicans have become libertarians. I think there's a lot of Republicans who aren't religious whatsoever, or even if they are religious, they don't care about social issues. They're just like, hey, man, let yeah. the let the freak flag fly. All I care about are fiscal issues. And that's, you and I tend to fall cl- uh, along those lines. So we're kind of For libertarian the most part, adjacent. I, I feel like I find myself confused on a lot of like tax issues and a lot of government intervention issues, right? Like we said earlier with the government healthcare, it's like, I don't want them to pull out completely because I'll find issues with that. Although I like the idea of like healthcare being a more competitive, like free market type of thing. I think yeah. there's a bad thing where like, then anyone could be like, well, I'll treat your eye cancer. And then you walk away with no eyeball. Um, and so, and then it's like, yeah, but like that person's going to get bad reviews and you go with who's reputable and stuff like that. And so I get that. Um, and, uh, at any rate, so it's like, I go back and forth. Um, I, I have two things I want to cover before this episode ends and we've got about 40 ish minutes. So I want to do this. Oh God, this is what we're going to do. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. What do you think? Well, no, I was going to say we could pick this back up uh, tomorrow nope. and split the ep. Okay. Nope. Nope. We're not doing that. <laughs> Fine, Bob. Uh, all right. Where do I want to start? I want to start with this. Okay. So we had a new Supreme Court justice sworn in when? Uh, what was it? Was it today or yesterday? Today or yesterday. Ab- yeah, I, I, I've actually haven't read the news i've been just working and uh a big a big push um for me from friends to vote uh democratic was look and i don't agree with this by the way but people were saying look this isn't about voting for the president this is a voting for a supreme court justice and i'm like Mm -hmm. what people don't vote for Supreme Court justices. That's not what happens. Presidents appoint them. Why would this become, why is this essentially a vote for that? You're saying it's not for president. That's not who we vote for. We vote for president. That's essentially what this is a vote for. It's a vote for president. Yeah, you vote for the president yeah. who appoints the Supreme yeah. Court justice. But, so and, you, you but the argument are, was, buddy. the vote was, well, whoever you vote for is going to do this. So really you're voting for that. And it's like, yes, but that's not our job. And I don't know if we should make that our sole consideration. There's a lot of things to consider. Well, that's the most important thing. So that's what you're voting on. And if you don't vote for Biden, you're allowing Trump to win and appoint somebody who's going to uh, replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. Let me first of all, start this off by saying I might be the only one in America who said when she died, who the fuck is Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Everybody all of a sudden was just like, oh, RBG, RBG, RBG. I'm like, I've never heard one of my you friends fucking talk notor- about RBG in my notorious RBG. Is that what you're going to say? You mean no- notorious RBG? <laughs> I, I had no idea who you the are fuck corrected, she was. Sir. No what? idea who she was. And apparently every single one of my friends in the whole world knew who this person was and everything that she's done. Okay. I find that extremely hard to believe. Okay. Now I know who she is, uh, that she's a Supreme Court justice. I don't know any of the Supreme Court justices. Scalia? Yeah, I don't know who, what the fuck he does. I don't oh, know what yeah, he's, he's dead. dead. I don't know what size he Okay, there you go. He's dead. So who are the yeah. other eight ones besides well, Amy? Well, you know whoever? some dead people. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's very well, helpful. Let's see. You got Breyer. I don't know who Roberts, he is. I don't know what he's done. I, I've Thomas, heard of Roberts. Kavanaugh. 
I don't know these people. I don't Gorsuch. know what they are. And when someone dies and they go, Gorsuch, he was Sotomayor. a hero. Like, I'm going to be like, what are you all talking Barrett. about? I didn't know you followed Gorbich or whatever you just said his name was. Okay. So anyways. I'm missing two. Paul, this isn't Jeopardy. I don't give a shit about who you're missing. Um, I definitely get that you know this stuff. So my question is... Um, well, no, apparently no. I'm missing... Missing that, a couple. But you you understand it. My question is, who is this Amy chick? What's her name? Uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett. Barrett. And what what is the big deal with her being appointed? Why should I care? Uh, and and where do we go from here moving forward? Well, she um, fluttered down here from the heavens. Um, by, God by stork, put her, but by, by by stork, um, it was uh, an immaculate birth. She came down here, and God set her on a path. Paul, we've got like thirty-five become, minutes. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm not gonna be serious. No, see, I, I have to stop that too because I, I talk to you as if I'm talking. Well, I talk to you because we're friends. Talk to I me like we're friends. Co- Who gives a shit about? Well, the- I, I talk. To, I talk to you just like we're just having a normal conversation. But I feel bad. I've been thinking about this on the last <laughs> podcast where, like, I joke around about Christians or Republicans all the time. And especially since I, I That's was just like who you a are. You're a bigot. You hate. You hate. Well, them I just. And- well, I sound like I'm just being like a, a complete asshole and everything because I always make fun of religion but there's like i think the ideology in terms of religion i think it's it's funny like it's it's ridiculously funny but i have to separate that from the person <laughs> like i like the person the ideology sure. is ridiculous we, we both just agreed we love mitt romney and he's a mormon so I yeah, think, yeah i think I, that I, says he, it all and that's why, like, I've heard people say that Mormons are so nice because they're they're fully aware of how ridiculous their <laughs> ideology is because you, you know who Joseph Smith was and yeah. he was just a little kid. Yeah. So that's why they're so nice is because like they just know the bullshit. Something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like jerking and, off. He's like, I found some tablets. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, you can't come in here and look at my tablets. They're special. <laughs> God, <I> heard, <laughs> Could you imagine if the tablets were really just like porn etched in stone <laughs> and he's like no one can see him oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised i mean literally i mean the whole entire thing is just ridiculous anyways but that's why i think the ideology i'm allowed to are... have 15 wives that's what it says in here no looking <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and uh and then i get to pick uh the wives of others that I find attractive and they'll be honored to have sex with me. It's not my wanting. It's no, God's. Definitely it's not. It's God's. As a 14 year old boy, I do definitely do not want to have sex with anybody's wife. Yeah. Well, could God like at least tell us to confirm that what you're saying is true? Blasphemy. <laughs> I am the one who will tell you God's word. But that I means you read throughout history and that's been the same shit over and over and Absolutely. over again. Like reading and about the Vikings not only like the converting same sh- to Christianity. Not only has it been like, the same shit, then the same shit happens. The Christians go, oh, well, we don't believe that part. And the Mormons go, yeah, 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 but we're not, we don't believe that, right? Yeah. You don't meet modern Mormons and they're like, they're like, oh, we totally uphold that. Maybe some of them, but very, very, very yeah. few. Most of them go, well, well that part, is a little silly. Anyway, well, that's that's the thing is that even Christianity, they, well, all religions, they they discount their own beliefs because if you were to rewind sure. oh, yeah. to a thousand years ago, like they wouldn't even look like the same people. Oh no, they would be looked at, at as like a all. bunch of woke liberals. They're like, what do you mean you don't just like or burn people? Just like American patriots. If you mm-hmm. went back two hundred and fifty years, and you're like Thomas Jefferson. Check out your Patriots of the Day. You'd be like, 
And so when when is the hanging? When are we uh, killing all of them? <laughs> I, I'm serious. You don't think those people who fought and murdered tons and tons of people from their own government and their own country, you don't think that that's what they would want to do? Um, and so I'm not saying that that's what I agree with. I'm just saying if you go back to any time in history, yeah. we're always deviating and drifting away from the things that we claim to be. It's crazy. Well, because we, we get better as a society. Like, sure, we, but then we, why hold on to the idea? Why hold on to the fucking word? Like, because the, we put 2,000 years of effort into it, we would feel ridiculous if all of a sudden we were to be like, not real. I don't know, man. <laughs> Go I, out your day. I wish it's like if I spent, if I spent, listen, Bob, if I spent, if I spent 34 years of my life, I'm 34 years old, and I had spent 34 years living my life as if there was a giant Tyrannosaurus Rex living in Antarctica, and my entire day was geared towards that. And then, like, all of a sudden, one day, someone told me, like, hey, I went to Antarctica, I canvassed the whole entire place. There's no evidence of that Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, I'm not going to allow my life to crumble, so I'll just tell them, like, oh, well, you know, you didn't see the Tyrannosaurus Rex because of global warming, and that washed all the droppings and the footprints away. And they've been there. The Tyrannosaurus Rex has been there for 60 million years. You so just it's figured out a way him. to hide. Yeah. yeah, you must have missed him. I know he's there. And it's like, how could you keep believing this, Paul? Like, I went there and I showed you. I have too much time and energy invested into it. That's true. That's absolutely true. So I can't, I can't turn it around. There's some people that will, and they'll feel devastated. But I I'm think just that saying, comes in other ways too. Yeah, my just, 20s, my my 20s are a perfect example of this. I don't think that I was balancing my life enough in terms of enjoying my life and then also pursuing like you know career and all that kind of stuff. I was just kind of going with the flow, you know. And then at some point, you wake up. And you're just like, oh my God, I wasted all this time. Sure. I could have just chosen to stay asleep, but then what happens if I wake up at 80 and realize it? Yeah. So it's just a, a matter of, you know, but I guess just everyone's different and everything, but I just feel bad that I, I'm, I'm, I think so much more over the top with conservatives and religion and that kind of stuff in general, even though I hold the same for Muslim religion too, like there's no deference for the Muslim religion either. I think it's all ridiculous. Right. Um, it's but just I, I don't what think, you identify with and what you see more of well, I, and what you used I to be. I understand it better. Yeah. I understand conservatism and I understand the religious philosophies because I used to really, you know, be in that, in that realm. And I don't understand far left. Yeah. I don't understand critical race theory. It hasn't entered my life. Like I don't understand these fringe things because I haven't been a part of it. I hope that I'll encounter it one day so I can be educated on the subject and counter if I need to. But um, yeah, I just feel like I'm not necessarily even handed and I come off like a little bit like a jerk. But back to Amy Coney Barrett, uh, Democrats are going to think that this is going to be the end of the world. And they were saying that it was going to be the end of the world. I don't know. I don't know. These are career politicians, Bob. They're in there for lifetime terms. How old is she? Do you, Do you know? Uh, she is, uh, I believe 49. Okay. So she's got about, 49. she's got about, uh, 40 to 50 years ahead of her of making decisions on the Supreme court. There are mm. nine Supreme court justices. Mm. They all get together and, and decide they're like a jury, correct? A Supreme court justice is like a jury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for more or less. So the Supreme Court justice gets together as a jury and votes on cases. But they, 
But they're also, it's, I mean, obviously they're not naive jurists. I mean, they know the law and they're challenging those that are before them to to mount their, right, their but, arguments. But they're not like a judge. What they do is as a group, they collectively hear a case and then together they make a decision on it like a jury instead of one person making a decision. They all collectively come together and make a decision, correct? Well, they'll make a decision, but there's still, there's a majority opinion and there's dissents. So they don't, you know, they don't always agree. They're not always unanimous. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, but you're 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 right. And, yeah. it wouldn't that be just like a jury? Like juries aren't always Very, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so now Amy uh Coney Barrett is obviously appointed by Trump, so obviously conservative. And how many conservative Supreme Court justices are there now sitting in the Supreme Court? I think last time I heard it would give conservatives uh uh, 6-3 majority. Okay. So there are six conservatives and three liberals. Um, one thing that I'm thinking as we're going over this... But there's swing votes, though, too. Like, Roberts is kind of a swing vote. Okay. So, in other words, he is a but, smart man and considers information and is, just isn't fucking uh, held with conviction to his beliefs no matter what and is just going to decide one thing blindly, he will consider things and go one way or the other depending upon what the information is that's presented. And it's interesting reading some of the opinions too because you can tell that they're looking to allow the country to advance while not allowing it to tear itself apart at the uh -huh. same time. So uh -huh. we don't strike down the ACA the Affordable Care Act is being unconstitutional. Rather, it's a tax. Uh -huh. So I think a lot of the times the way in which he is looking at things, he's not only looking at right now, he's really looking towards the future and the outcomes of this stuff, which is sure. a lot of times what you don't want judges to do. A textualist will say, no, 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 not based upon now and the future. Like you need to look at the original meaning, uh, meaning of the words of the statute that you're interpreting based upon the people that were alive at that time. What did th what were they envisioning? Right. Yeah, I have a uh, question. Uh, do you know when the but, Supreme Court was made? I, I don't know the uh, exact date, but uh, would, wouldn't it be 1789? Seven, I have no idea, 1789. Uh, so the, the country was founded in 1774, correct? United States? Uh, well, there's 76 and then... It, uh, 1789 was when the Constitution was ratified. Okay, so the Constitution was ratified, meaning that everybody agreed on it, and it was like, cool, this is, like, where we're at now. It's set in stone. Yeah. Okay. More or less. So in that, that, that created a Supreme Court. What was the point of the Supreme Court at the time? Do you know? I don't know these answers. I'm asking you. You're in law, so I figure you might know a little bit about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going you're going way back into the history and all this sure, kind of stuff. Sure, but I think it's based I find on the English common law and it goes back I mean, sometimes like I told you, like it goes back to the uh um uh the Norman conquest of, you know, ten sixty six. What was it? Something the butcher. I can't remember his name. Anyway, anywho, uh, or no, it was William the Conqueror, I think. But yeah, it goes way back. That's why you see all of this old language in everything. I mean, uh, which makes things really complicated. But the main point was that they wanted the three various branches of the government to check itself. So you have 
you know, Congress, the executive and the judiciary and the dual federal system between the federal and the state governments. Yeah. So they just wanted a system which they could check themselves. But I don't know that necessarily that the history is so important in terms of formation. Um, and rather, and, and if I was to talk about the history, I'd, I'd like to refresh myself a little bit so I, I know that I'm giving out uh, accurate information. But as far as the Supreme Court makeup, uh, the Supreme Court, you know, it's been at nine members, I think, since... Uh, 1867. Why are uh, members FDR. Why are members appointed for life until they die? Because uh, they don't want them to be politicized. That's the theory. So if they're given lifetime appointments, that means that they're able to be independent in their judgment, notwithstanding who is in. Because the they're not going to go possibly get another job or like take it. Well, if they had a four-year term, like if Amy Coney Barrett had a four-year term, why wouldn't she just serve Trump? Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, or if your term was dependent, you know, so they, they give out these lifetime appointments in, in theory, <laughs> it would, uh, allow them, it would serve justice better in the end because they wouldn't be compromised, but sure. that's not always true too. Like everyone so says, she's like, going to have to serve is- Obama if Obama, not Obama, what's his fucking name? Biden. If Biden wins. Yeah. Or yeah. if for some miracle, which she'd still be in there. Yeah. Couldn't happen. The Joe is, Jorgensen. She would have to serve Joe Jorgensen. Now, when you say serve, yeah. they're the president. So why are they serving the president? Because is it, does the president bring stuff to the Supreme court? Like what type of well, cases? They don't serve that. No, no, no. There's separate branches of government. No, no. The, I understand that, but you said like, it, why wouldn't she just serve Trump if there was only a four year thing? Meaning like, that she would oh, just play to, to Trump if she was only appointed for four years and do what he wants to do. My my interpretation of what you were saying is that she can't do that because there's going to be somebody later who's not Trump and she's sort of got to like play the law by the law because somebody who could get in there who's not Trump and be like, oh yeah, you, by the way, I'm going to prosecute you for this because you were just doing this shit so you're out. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that could happen even today. I mean, there are ethical laws that you could fall outside of and you could take a, a judge off the bench. But I mean, if it's just a judge doing their job and let's say that a new president comes in and they're a Democrat and you've got a conservative justice and you can lose your job, maybe you would, you know, say, hey, uh, I would normally side uh, a different way. But on this particular opinion, because my job's on the line, I'm going to land in the middle. Okay. So, so and the, the th- theory those are all is, theories. Those are theories, though. Like, it's, it's just... But the idea look, look, here... Look at it this way. No, they're still biased anyways. This, this, is, right. this is a point that I want to make. They're biased anyways. Like, anyone that says that justice is blind is full of shit. Like, like if we know justice isn't blind because we get so excited whenever, you know, our guy is in office yes. and they can make the appointments, that shows you that it's all biased. Right. Like these are career politicians and everything. Like that's what they are. And my biggest thing with this whole entire thing, there's two aspects to this. There's people that are concerned about court packing, and then there's people that are concerned that uh, that we're gonna have a deep, you know, quick 180 back to the past. And because she's so backwards in terms of her religious views, she's gonna overturn Roe v. Wade and do away with all of the uh, minority-centric laws and protections. Anything is possible. Wait, Anything but, is possible, but, but, but plausible. Po- okay, so let's say or plausible, possible or plausible. Well, let's go with plausible. plausible. Let's say if it happens, plausible, Paul. possible, yes, plausible. I don't think so. But let's these go. These people are Elizabeth. These people are lifetime appointments. These are career politicians. 
she look has looked pretty her whole entire life. And I'm not talking about appearance. I'm talking about doing, you know, uh, walking the straight and narrow line. I was drinking the 40s on the weekend. She was at church and, and doing her shit. That's why she's at where she's at today. She worked her fucking ass off. But she worked a particular line. Mm-hmm. So they want her in there for that. But, but she's been working her whole entire life for this. Do you think she wants to go in and make it her only goal to overturn Roe v. Wade when what? 40% of the population has a problem with it? Yeah. 30, 40, maybe. So um, she would be willing to destroy that precedent, undo Roe v. Wade, and then have the country eat itself? Like, we've moved on. It's 2020. Yeah. Like, well, do, but she, some, why would some she do people, that? Some people, like you said, are for it, and she might represent that minority. Now, I'm not here to argue why she would or if she's going to. What I'm saying is, if she did do that, my... My question was, could she do that? And you said, well, yeah, anything's possible. But I'm saying like, okay, if she were to do that, don't you think you would have states fighting that somehow? And is there a is there an avenue for states to fight yes. that if that were to happen? Yes. What is that yes. avenue? Yes. I'm, I'm well, interviewing you, you right now, Paul, on like, I don't know anything about this. This is why I no, wanted to bring it up. that's a good question. Like, is there no, an... that's a good question. Good. That's okay, a good question. Hear. And I think that's ha- that has to... Sorry, I'm getting like animated and all this. <laughs> no, been, I love it. This is why well, I like no, talking to you. Thinking, well, no, I've been thinking about this stuff like, you know, because everyone is is so up in arms about her getting into this position. And I mean, she could overturn like a Roe v. Wade or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would still have to have other justices that would side with her. Right. But I, I, I do not see that happening. And you're talking about solutions. And I'm glad you asked about solutions because- uh, everyone else on the left has the dumb fucking idea to pack the court. Right. Like, how is that a solution? Right. Like, we're divided as a nation, and now you want to turn this supposedly sacred nine-body institution we call the Supreme Court into a fucking joke where we just, oh, well, here's two more lifetime apartments. I don't, I don't and, like know, it, so let me more, change it to favor yep, me. Two yeah. more. Yeah, we get up to 25. The and then Yeah, and then maybe we come to our senses. My thing is that, first of all, why are we living in fear? We just had two or three major liberal opinions come down with Trump's other two appointments. I was told by Democrats that we would that we were going to lose everything. Uh-huh. That, 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 Can you, you know, explain the, what you mean by what you just said? Well, okay. Uh, for for example. Uh, there was a, a court case that came up and they were determining whether or not the LGBTQ community sexual orientation was included within the term sex that was included within the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Mm-hmm. So you can't discriminate based upon sex. So for employment, let's say, you can't sure. discriminate based upon sex. Well, does that include sexual orientation? Uh-huh. Well, according to all the fear mongers on the left... We, because Kavanaugh and Gorsuch were appointed, we were never going to get that fucking opinion. Boom. All of a sudden they pull the trigger. Yes, it's included. And, and how many, uh, was that unanimous? Was that, was that eight uh, to well, one? It, I, it, I think it was, it was a majority. It was, I think it was a, it was a majority. I don't think it was unanimous though. I think Kavanaugh well, it has to be a majority but, in order to pass. But Gorsuch, Gorsuch, no, but unanimous versus just a, right. uh, yeah. So, uh, I think Gorsuch 
went for it, and I think Kavanaugh dissented. I think. Do you know what? And I think do you Thomas know what that dissented. was called? I don't remember the title of that case, but but what I'm but, but it's not so much the case that's important. It, it's the fact that everyone was just going off of fear and saying that uh, liberalism as we knew it was just over. It didn't happen. So why don't we use that to prepare for Amy Coney Barrett? Right. If Roe v. Wade, if a case, and they will, the Southern states, they will enact laws. Six to three ruling, will, by the way. It's a what? Six three? Six three. Yep. Okay. That sounds right. So it wasn't uh, just barely passed. It passed pretty strongly. And had yes, had this Amy yes. lady already been there and ruled against it, it still would have been a five four pass. Yep. 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 But where you and I are supposed to live off of fear. So the whole a whole entire other population everyone on the left is living in fear. The right Totally lives in fear too. I mean, they're dealing with you know oh, yeah. Satan and satanic if, rings and pedophilia cults <laughs> and you, uh, fucking flat you, earth and all kinds of like everyone is just in fear. Yeah. My thing is that we know that the, the case that we're talking about, doomsday didn't happen. Yeah. So why don't we instead of packing the court right away so we can all have a big circle jerk in our own misery, like we just create you know another opening for us to hate another aspect of our government? Now we'll hate all three branches of the government. Yeah. Instead of doing that, why not just wait? Wait for the Southern states. They'll do it. They did this under Gorsuch and um, Kavanaugh, but they haven't heard an abortion case yet. The Southern states will enact laws. They'll be challenged. They'll go up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court will have to decide if they want to hear it. Why don't we wait until then to decide? Like, like these are career politicians. Then, They're not like Trump. Don't, they don't want to lose their jobs. They question. don't want to see the country burn. You're saying, why don't we wait until then to decide if we want to pack the courts is what you're saying, right? Not wait to pack the court, not to wait to pack the court. Do what you were saying before. I'm glad you, you caught me there. Do it legislatively or... Oh, okay. If, I at see that what point, we have a majority constitutional yes. amendment. So, how do we do it legislatively if we were to need to do something like that? So, let's say, um, let's well, say they do reverse they, Roe versus Wade. Too hard. It'd be too hard because it, it would depend on. It would be too hard to analyze because it would. It depends how they would they would decide Roe v. Wade. If they were to strike it down as completely unconstitutional, then you would have to have you know, a constitutional amendment, let's say. Uh, right. So, but so then it's really, the state of California, the can they just that's, say, can, but here's what I want to know is can, the, would the state of California just go, I don't give a shit about what they're saying right now. You can keep doing as you do. Sort of like they did with maybe immigration policies or things like that. And then. Like sanctuary cities and that kind of stuff. Like yeah, Congress will decide exactly. but some states are. Yeah. And then you could, and then you'd have to force the, the feds arm. And that's what they did with, uh, with, um, same sex marriage. There right. were, there were, there were Catholic, uh, preachers in San Francisco Who were that saying, were just like, I don't care. I don't give a shit where we've seen throughout history, how much awful shit we've done. The time is now right. we're all going to, you know, come to our senses in 20 years. We'll reinterpret the Bible and we'll move on. Let's fucking start now and just do it. Yeah. Like, and that, so it does happen, but at the same exact time, um, I don't know that everyone just doing whatever they want when they want is always a good thing either sure. in terms of anarchy. I'd rather just have good sound policy, but sometimes okay. you do need to break the rules. Like, like, you know, like we were talking about Harriet Tubman and everything. Fuck yeah. Run the slaves. <laughs> yeah. Take them to freedom. Yeah. Like break the law, you know? 
All right. So, I, I feel like I got a lot of fresh new information on a subject I didn't know about. So I, I'm well, glad I'm we branched that, off on that. Well, I'm hoping I provided good enough information. I, and I hope that it makes sense as to why I'm not in fear. Yeah, and no, I think it's totally. We, to not be we already fear. just it, looked at a vote that we said should have gone the complete opposite way. It did not. And even had this Amy chick been on there and voted in the fear mongering way, which yeah. she might not have, she could very easily replace uh, RGB. What's her name? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth, yeah. RBG. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, she could very easily replace her and gave the exact same vote. We don't know. Um, exactly. So why 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 burn it all down now or do right. all this crazy packing the court and all that kind of shit? And then, you know, the thing is, is that it's not Trump's fault for appointing Amy Comey Barrett. This is me just being a moderate. He has a fucking right to appoint it. Right. This rests with Lindsey Graham and uh, Mitch McConnell playing politics. Right. And eventually, when they sort of to- didn't let Obama appoint his people, they they like shut. Obama's appointments it, it down. It was politics. Yeah. yeah, it was just it was just politics, and even like I haven't heard a sound argument as to why that works. Like they were saying that you know Obama was a lame duck president because he was at the end of his eight year term. So let the voters decide. But then you heard Trump in the last debate, and he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm president not for three years. I'm president for four years. So I deserve to make the appointment." He was making the same argument that Obama's people did. And now, you know, can I, right. can I ask he you? He has the right to appoint. This can I ask you a question really Mitch quick? McCom- sure. Yeah. Um, if uh, for some reason, hypothetically, you and Mitch McConnell were alone in a room and there was a baseball bat in there, would mm. you just hit him in the hip really hard so his hip breaks? And, you know, like after people have a broken hip and stuff, like, you know, they're not going to make it very long after that. Would you do it? <laughs> Would you just fucking whack that guy once really hard? He is such How a, high are you? He I'm not high at all. I'm I'm just asking That's what someone high would say. Would you hit him in the hip with a baseball bat and watch him go and fall to the ground because he's an evil pe- like that guy, I've seen him like do more evil shit and just videos of him being like a malicious, vindictive, like fucking feeding off of the misery of other people and fucking with other people, 90 year old man. And it's just like, and guess what he would say? I don't know. I learned it from Harry Reid, a Democrat. He was a fucking political dick. Oh, too, yeah. And I'm just doing, I'm doing the same fucking thing he I'm did sure. to me. I'm, I'm cussing sure. a lot on this episode. And I am riled up. Me too. I, I want to do anything to him. I would just, uh, the only thing is I would just look at him and be like, you're a reflection of the worst of us. Yeah. Like, like you play politics and you're hurting the other side. But the problem is, is that we're living in the same house, motherfucker. So you're hurting all of us. I'm going to die anyways, Stop. Paul. Suck it. Stop it. Suck like it. it. It drives. Well, no, that's what they say. The left and the right. It's just politics. That's why they're going to pack the court. Well, look what Mitch did. So, you know, fuck Mitch. I mean, isn't that all, like, all the debate was last week? Although it was better, it was just like, oh. This guy, this guy over here, uh, he said That's this. That's all like, they do. I, you, I said that, yeah, but you, you said that. Oh, yeah, I said that. But remember when this guy over, and I'm just like, dude, uh, no one's being like, yeah, but I could, di-. no one's even fighting and sticking up for themselves. It's crazy. Like the debate wasn't like, 
Hey, I've got some dignity. Let me stand up for myself and stick up for it. They like ignored <laughs> yeah, the own, some... their, own, their t- attacks against them and were just like, yeah, but you've done worse than me. <laughs> it's like you shot a baby. Yeah, but I once watched you uh, replace a baby's heart with a grenade and it didn't die. It worked, but also that's evil. And it's like, yeah, but yes. one time you ran over the- a baby with a car that had a grenade. And like, they just, I don't know. Anyways. Go into the comment section on Twitter. Do you know what the arguments, the, the arguments are? Who's the bigger pedophile? Yeah. That's our choice. That's <laughs> yeah. our choice. Yes. Who touches who? But you better vote but you better vote for one of them. Because Yeah. yeah. Well who's, Anyways. who's least creepy? Look, uh, we've got a few minutes before we hit our two hour mark and, and bore everybody to death. Um, I'm not bored, so we're gonna keep going. Uh, I wanna talk prop twenty five. Okay. Prop twenty five is a referendum on a law that replaced money bail system uh, that replaces Oh, this is one I would like to research. Okay. I know. And you're going to want to research it probably before we talk about it. But okay. So but you can a, give me. So well, did, would a, you write? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. It's a referendum yeah. on Go a law that replaced money bail system with system based on public safety and flight risk. What's a referendum? Uh, An adjustment? Like, an alteration? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I was, I was conflating that at first with uh, a moratorium. So a referendum would be like a uh, an adjustment. Okay. So it says in the summary, a vote yes approves, a vote no rejects, a law replacing money bail system or money bail with a system based on public safety and flight risk. Fiscal impact, increased costs, possibly in the mid hundreds of millions of dollars annually for new process for release from jail prior to trial. Dece- uh, decreased county jail costs, Possibly in high tens of millions of dollars annually. Okay, so what your vote means. Uh, Yes, a yes vote on this measure means no one would pay bail before being released from trial. Instead, people would either be released automatically based on their assessed risk of committing another crime or not appearing in court. No one would be charged fees as a condition of their release. This is fucking huge. A no vote on this means some people would continue to pay bail to be released from jail before trial. Other people would continue to be released um, uh, without paying bail. Fees would continue to be charged as a condition of release, yada, yada, yada. Okay. I'm not going to read the pros or the cons. I just want to take this at face value. What they want to do, in my understanding of this, Paul, is get rid of the whole bail system. You no longer pay bail no matter what, in the state of California, there is no way you can pay to get out of jail. The only way you'll get out of jail bef- before a trial, I should say. This is all about prior to a trial. Okay? The only way that you will get out of jail before a trial is if the court assesses and says they're probably not likely to commit another crime. This lady just murdered her husband. It's not like she fucking murdered a bunch of random people. Or... If they say, uh, she seems risky to the public, or I think she might leave, leave the country based off of what's going on. Okay. So that's the only two ways you could get out. Okay. Now here's what I think people would say against it. Well, you're going to let people out who will then go do it again. Okay. So you don't trust people's judgments or B, you're going to let someone out who's then going to flee the country and we won't serve justice. Okay. Well now also we don't have to pay for them to be in jail forever. So who gives a shit? They're gone. Now there's somebody else's problem. And now, instead, the president of Mexico can be like, don't let Americans come down here. They're rapists and murderers. Some of them are good people. (laughs) 
Turn um, the tables a little bit. Yeah, turn the tables a little bit. But um, okay. So some of the things that I see this being good for is that currently it seems that the whole way that bail works is that if you got money, you can get out of jail before trial. Then yeah. when you show up for jail, you get that money back, right? Yeah, if you... When yeah. you show up for court, you but, get but it all back? But there's still a fee with it. Okay. Like you'll go to a a, a bonding company. Oh, I don't have to go to a yeah, bonding be, company if I'm a millionaire, right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, So then, exactly. So then when I show up to yeah. court, if I don't fly, if I don't flee the country, I get yeah. all that money. In other words... Mm-hmm. Aren't yeah. I a flight risk anyways if I pay if I pay bail? Like right no, no, now that's exact no, that's exactly what I was thinking. That no, no, when you made the argument before about flight risk, I was thinking the same thing. You're already yeah. a flight risk. You could still leave yeah. the country and you, you bought look, yourself out of out of yeah. jail there and then now mm-hmm. you're gonna buy a ticket out of the country. Yeah. Or sure. just hop on your own plane. So you could already do that. A, B, who are the people who are really always able to afford that? always people with money, not always people who don't have a lot of money. If you got some kid from the hood who just got caught selling drugs and now they're going to let him out, you think he's going to all of a sudden come up with the money to flee the country at 18, 19, 20 years old? You're ridiculous because that wasn't happening before. He might not not show up to court, but then you have a warrant and everything. But it is kind of a weird thing that, I mean. But he could already just pull out a bail, a bond, uh, a bail bond and not show up for court as well. And so like, I, like why do this for money? Um, It just, in my head, it's this weird thing where now there's this whole extra thing where people are making money off of this system. That's weird. Like there's a whole. The whole thing's weird. I want you to talk about it. Well, the whole thing is just, it, it's weird. Well, I think you know more about it since you've uh, But I just want to get your uh, instant opinion on it. I want to get your ideas. I want to know what you well, think, look, good, bad. You, like, make, you make money off the inmates there, and then you then if they're convicted, you make more money by sending them to uh, the prisons and everything. The taxpayer picks up the bill. Yeah, there's a lot of money invested in this stuff. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think that if, if you're not a risk to the general public that you, you know, you, you there's probable cause, let's say, to bring a case or something, but you're not at risk to the public and all of that. Like, it's just weird that that we would want to expend a bunch of resources on housing someone that could be out, you know, maybe just gainfully employed right. in the meantime. Right. And that way, when they come back into court, they'll have some means. They may not have to rely on the state and all that kind of stuff instead of being like, you know, oh, you have the money, you can bail yourself out and you get to go and live your life like you were. But, you know, if you can't afford it, you're just, you're stuck here. And, you know, that's why even with the the, uh, felony thing on here, uh, allowing felons to vote, like, you know, we talked about that last time, but I, I don't, I think there is not a more appropriate time to want to vote than being someone who is a felon that you feel like you feel as a felon that you were put there because the law itself was unjust. Right. I mean, there's still anti-sodomy laws on the books. Which has many, many, many times been the case that laws have been unjust. Yeah. Imagine if you were, you know, I mean, let's say, let's say there's a hypothetical where the the left, because they're becoming a majority, let's say that they decide they want to do what conservatives did and silence the voices of uh, conservatives in some manner, uh-huh. you know, uh, and let's say a conservative gets a felony for something that they think is atrocious uh, and an abomination in, in, the, in light of our constitution. 
I think at that point, like it's incumbent upon them, you know, uh, as a or as an American citizen, even though they're a felon, to be able to advocate and vote for someone that can undo this if that person exists at that point when they're they're casting their vote. And in the thought to think that, like, that murderers are going to start casting their vote to, for what to undo? Like, we we all agree that murder is bad. So what are they going to do? Like the 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 thing that they could possibly well, that's do what is I was if saying. On they the, get to vote yes or no on on this proposition. <laughs> yeah. So what what do they what power do they really have? But I think it becomes a huge problem where we've seen in the past, like with the Thirteenth Amendment, it bans slavery. But how do you get around slavery? You put people in prison. Yeah. So if you're racist and you have shitty and you just say, hey, uh, there's the black community over there. Uh, what are they doing that we don't like? Oh, well, they're they're smoking pot. OK, we'll make that we'll make that illegal and that'll right. be our way of right. enslaving them. So and it, I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm not saying that that's the case, but I have heard that uh, that argument put out there. And if that is in any way possible and if that that. And I'm sure, obviously, instances of that has happened in the past. But those individuals that were affected by that, like, you should have the right to vote. So I do all of that. I have a question. Does this, if we take away someone's uh, right to bail, to post Uh bail, are we taking away someone's right to trial by jury? In other words, if I say you don't have the option to post bail right now, Paul, you uh, are assessed as a right uh, a flight risk. Am I not detaining you without having proven that you were guilty first? Wait, I didn't really get the the gist. The gist is the, the gist is, is I'm taking away. Um, you no longer have the option to post bail. Okay, bail is not a thing anymore. We get rid of it in California. Now. Either you have a court date and we are going to assess whether or not you're a a flight risk, right? Uh What I'm saying is if I assess you as a flight risk, Paul, but you didn't do anything, am I now not detaining you without having given you a trial? That's my question. Or you're asking if you're being... Well, well, first of all, there's other constitutional protections that would come in there, so they couldn't... You know, you have the right to due process, uh, Fourth Amendment uh, right against unlawful search and seizure. So all that stuff would come in. So they can't just, you know, hold you for no reason. Like well, there, there has to be. They can't just detain you for no reason. Like if you're in custody, like there, there has to be right, probable but, cause. But there's you have a to trial. Your rights. But we already said there's a trial, right? There's going to be a trial, and so I'm posting bail until a trial date because. I'm not guilty and I'm going to get out of jail and I'm going to get a lawyer and talk to him and go home yeah. and live my life you until someone proves. Trial? Yeah, I st- I'm, I'm going to be free until someone proves me guilty. What I'm saying is yeah. you're taking away my right to be free until someone proves me guilty. If we vote for this and we change it. Yeah, you're not innocent until proven guilty. No, you you're, are now you're, you're, guilty. You're guilty until you're proven innocent. Uh-huh, for some that's, people. Isn't that a big issue? And that's the argument. Yeah, and that's a huge uh, argument uh, for that. And so what are your act- thoughts? Because I, on one hand, I think that a yes vote for this is a huge push for equality, and it means that fucking rich people don't get to get out of jail free while poor people have to pull out bonds and then fucking pay on those bonds, whether they're guilty or not guilty. Um, they're going to have to pay that back eventually somehow with interest, Okay, and and so there's a huge thing with inequality there. However, um, I think that 
if we get rid of bonds in general, now we're getting rid of due process. That's my thought. And so I don't know where to go with this. I think this is a huge well, I don't one. Think you get, well, yeah, it's huge, but I, I don't think that you would be, you know, undoing due process or anything. It'd just be the process. It's like, okay, you're innocent until proven guilty. Uh, we brought you in and all that kind of stuff. You, you're on bail because you're not a risk. It, it, the process would be the same. It would just be the thought of like, well, is everyone just going to run now? But we, we have warrants I have a out for people that don't show up to court. Like we Maybe, already have that system right, in place. Right. I have a question. Are there people who currently are not eligible for bail? Like, um, are there, are there instances in oh, which a court yeah, goes, uh, yeah. not eligible for, eligible for bail? Like, yeah. Instead yeah. of setting it at two million or two billion dollars, they go, "You're not eligible. Sorry, you're yeah, stuck." If I here. went, if if I just walked out of here and just decided to go shoot up a bar right now, you would not be there, eligible for bail. No. Okay. No. So there was my misunderstanding, uh-uh. Paul. My misunderstanding was I thought right now you could get bail no matter what. Okay. So all this does then is really just create equality across the board and say it doesn't matter whether you have money or not. You get out regardless, and it gets rid of the money-making system, and it gets rid of the idea that people who do want to get out on bail have to then um, pay an interest fee while a rich person might not. And in addition to that, as we said, if that means we release more people uh, without bail and just say, you got to show up to court, we now do not have to house that individual in court or in in a prison system for the next two months or how long does it take how long does it take for a um a an arrest to go to trial on average i know that's a random question but let's say minimum it takes at least a week right and you and if i say a week you say no it never takes a week it always takes at least a month or at least five months it totally depends. Uh, but I couldn't. Right now, I couldn't be in court totally, tomorrow. Well, let me let me give you a, an example. Well, let me think. I'm trying to think if I'm divulging information that I'm not. Just give me a to. hypothetical scenario. I couldn't be in court tomorrow. If I got arrested tonight for drunk driving, I couldn't say my court date's tomorrow. Like it's gonna take me at least three months to get to court, right? Well, let's let's say like the current case that I'm on right now. Um, it's a. Uh, Murder case, a lot of moving parts and everything. Um, it could be upwards of six years before, before it gets to trial. Before it gets to trial. Oh my god, that is insane! It's not insane with the amount of moving parts. That's and the fine. Amount no, of no, no. I'm just saying I, that was not even in the realm of possibilities in my head, Paul. Oh, like, it, it, it's wild. No, no, sometimes I look at like civil suits. I mean, you're talking 10, 15 years. I mean, why do you think that these large corporations so want to drag this shit that, out? That is They'll a thing bleed that, the other person dry. That you, that these environmental what, groups that want to do something? That's you want exactly, to come against Exxon? That's what happened I'll to my dad. You. So my dad I'll worked. Bleed you. My dad worked for a motion picture company. He worked in the studios. Had an injury. And uh, workers comp didn't want to pay for the injury. Um the insurance company didn't want to pay for the injury, the medical insurance company or health insurance company, and the company that he worked for didn't want to pay it. So nobody wanted to pay for it. Okay? Yep. Workers comp mm. said, nope, health insurance, health insurance said, no, no, no way. Like make the, the company who he works for pay it. And they're like, no, 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 that's work, workman's comp. 
You pay for it. It sounds like, and it sounds like you were ordering from Grubhub. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my dad, meanwhile, said, well, uh, everyone's suing me for the bill right now because none of you are paying it. Yep. And it went around for almost 20 years, I think 18 years or something, uh-huh. until yeah. finally they settled, and the amount they gave him at over half of that then went to legal fees because he had to pay for a lawyer and a legal team mm-hmm. for 18 years. And who suffered in the meantime? Who was the victim? Him! The yep. whole time. My family. Yep. yep. So, so that, that was crazy. But that's civil, and that is... Uh, when I say civil, I mean, that's a civil case. It's between, yeah. you know, my dad and a company and blah, 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 not person to person, yeah. not, not a murder case. So to hear you say a case where somebody might've killed somebody else, that it takes six years to go for it to court. Well, and this is an extreme, this sure, is an sure. extreme case. That doesn't matter. I mean, that, that doesn't matter just in general to know that that's a possibility. You might say, on average, it takes more like a year. Like, look at what happened with O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson was about a year, right? It took a year to get to trial. And most of the time, yeah, most of the time it'll it'll go. It, it, it's it's not quick. I mean, right. nobody thinks of the law as being quick, but most of the time, I would say it's um, pretty expeditious. I mean, uh, and expedient. There, there, and, and you have to be like it's required. You can't just sure. you know drag. It, you could get a mistrial, so you have to move things along, but. In this particular case, in some cases, you can't move any quicker. Otherwise, you would just be doing your client a disservice because yeah. there's so much information. Right. Like I said, you know, you can pull up a report and you think, oh, it's one file. I'll be through this quickly. And then you open it up and it's 43,000 pages. It's insane. So, um, yeah. The, it's, it, so the thing it's is, is like, I don't think people realize, I didn't, I didn't realize how much goes into this. And then so when I say, okay... I'm going to vote on something like this. I'm going to vote on a law that will replace the bail system with just a risk system, which uh, that's already put in place, a public safe and flight risk system. That's already there. So that's all we're going to use now. We're just not going to do the whole money thing anymore. Yeah. When I'm trying to think about, does that change the way I think or feel about this? And the idea of knowing that if I go like... If my court case could take six years uh, to get to court and I'm, I'm know that I'm innocent, am I going to want to sit for six years in prison and wait while my whole life passes me by? I guess that's where I'm going with this is that. That's the hardest part about all of this is nothing is perfect. And I've heard defense attorneys say like, when perfect. you ask them like, like, well, don't you feel bad if, if you, you know, get someone off when they shouldn't have been? And they're always like, well, usually that isn't the case. Like, it's not what you see on the movies. And they're always like, you know, my greatest fear is the prosecution putting on a wonderful case that isn't based on the merits. And they end up essentially locking someone away sure. that shouldn't be. So we sure. essentially end up robbing so what you're saying is it's not like people become the murderer we become the life depriver right we didn't mean to we're letting the process work but sometimes that process doesn't work correctly and that's what we need to try and prevent but i can't say yes or no on 25 yet i i would if it does away with cash bail i would tend to say yes and i will also say that uh um 
there's a podcast called Wrongful Conviction, and it has uh, a couple lawyers from the Innocence Project. They actually uh-huh. go over this, and, and the guy was invited onto Joe Rogan, which is how I heard about him, and he is vehemently against cash bail systems. And he has spent the time to look into this stuff and he's a seasoned attorney. So he really knows his stuff. And, you know, he works for the Innocence Project. And it it is truly astonishing how, you know, even with the death penalty, like we've, the people, we the people have murdered innocent people. We've murdered innocent people using our laws. Yeah. Justice was not done. We had a victim. And then we created another victim. We didn't mean to. I think Sometimes what, we did. Sometimes it's false evidence and bullshit. Sure. But, but so I think what people need to think about when they consider this then is, because I see a lot of liberals probably already agreeing with this, what I see as maybe conservatives being like, well, we don't want to let off murderers and people, blah, 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 without bail. Like there should be some punishment. But I, th- I think the idea here is what about freedom? What about like, isn't that what we're supposed to stand for? Innocent being until able to, proven guilty, being able yeah. to live your life without the fear of someone pulling a case against you or being wrongfully accused. Like that is what all uh, the amendments, not all of them, but again, I always bring this up, a good majority of the first amendments, that's what they were about. They were about your protection from the law because it ran rampant previously. Yeah, it's a Bill of Rights. Yes. Yeah, they incorporated the Bill of Rights. Yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, and I think that you and I are just coming at this from kind of like a, a humanity type of a standpoint, not necessarily like a left or a right thing. It's just like, what's common decency? Like, you know, like you said, if you were brought in and they thought that you robbed the liquor store, you looked exactly like the person and the witness said, that's the guy. Like, and you're just like, you should be able to go home, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. as long as long as it, but let's, let's say though that, you know, the person shot up the liquor store or something, the witness is pointing at you. Well, then the court, even without the cash bail system, would do a risk analysis and say, hey, listen, until we do a discovery and we run the facts, we don't know if this is the guy or not. So we have to hold him. And that's great because so the violent I, guy- you, you said that and I did not know that that was already a thing. And now I won't claim to have yeah. read through Pro, uh, Prop 25 in detail yet um, because I think I'm only to like 21, maybe something like that. I've read through the first six in de- detail. So I've got about six more and halfway through it. Um, and some I've read through in more detail than others, but it's great to know those things because maybe when I get to... 25 and I read the full script of it, I'll see that, but maybe it won't be there. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to contain. So it's nice to talk about these things and have additional input uh, because it helps me go, oh, well, that's already in place. So in my head, my argument I had against it where I read it and go, oh, that's bullshit. Like, so now it's about flight risk and this and that. And then you go, that's already there. I go, oh, well, that maybe that changes my opinion. Now I don't really have an argument against it because I always have an argument for and against things. I look at them and go, what are the pros? What are the cons? Should I do this? Yes or no. And so I don't just try and see it one-sided or automatically go, this is great. I try and look at both yeah. and it's nice to have that extra input anyway. Yeah. So, no, and that, and I agree. That's why I think it's good that we, you know, we talk this stuff over and everything. Cause it, it kind of, uh, it helps us solidify, the way in which we're going to vote on this stuff. Cause it is, it's it, all this stuff is really nuanced. You read the language. You, you sometimes wonder 
what exactly they're talking about. So being yeah. able to ferret this stuff out, it really helps. So next election, we're going to get everybody together and we are going to, I don't know who everybody is. We're going to do a Zoom meeting or something like that and we'll all get some pot or we'll get some beer and we'll be on here. <laughs> and I will moderate, meaning I will let everybody talk in a random order or reply to things and I will mute other people and I will boot them if they decide to start harassing other people or yelling at them or berating them because that's not what I want. I know you said let them do it, but I want discourse. I want to hear someone's good opinion. I want. I don't want someone to be like, dude, you're fucking stupid. Like that's not how, no, 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 no. Oh yeah. Don't say yeah. that. Why are you saying that? Because are you trying to convince other people now? Are you trying to like belittle someone? Like that's not how we do this. We do this through talking and logic. Like I want to hear what somebody has to say. I don't want you to tell them they're stupid for talking their opinion. I want to get where they're coming from. I want to see if I agree with them or I disagree with them. And that does not help me anyways. So we'll come back to that in what, two years? Uh, No, four years. Well, two years for the California ballot, right? If the world still... Yeah, that's that true. Point. You know what? Um, if uh, you vote for Biden, you know, we'll be uh, sacrificing goats with the devil. And if you vote for Trump, it's going to be World War Three. So, uh, yeah, we win either way. It's yeah. looking really good. I still I think I might cross out the Biden, but I'll let you know on the next uh, podcast. I would be but, interesting uh, to, to hear that because I've been on the border. I'm like, God, do I do I vote for uh, Joe Jorgensen or do I bite the bullet and go, fuck. I really yeah. don't think, uh, but, but I keep going back and forth, man. There was a good two weeks where I'm just like, I think I might go for Biden. And then the last week or two, I've been like, nah, I'm sticking with my guns. I'm going, I'm going with Joe Jorgensen. Yeah. I don't give a shit. And then I'm like, really? I haven't filled this out yet. What do I want to do? Like, am I really cool with having Trump for another four years? And the other part of me goes, well, you already had him for four. And it's not like we didn't die. We're all still here. He didn't do great things, but the whole world didn't just go back to 1850 as far as social issue goes, like you said. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Anyways. He, he just represents the the worst of us. He represents the way that we we treat each other online. You and know? I think it's just... And I think I think we're so much better than that. Like we're the greatest country that has ever existed throughout humanity. There's never been another country on this earth that has yep. created more prosperity for more people. And yet, even though we've done some bad stuff in the past, but on in the aggregate, we've done so much good. And for this to be the result, it's just so disappointing. And it's so disappointing that other countries aren't even yelling at us anymore. Used to, they used to yell at us and tell us like, you guys, fucking arrogant Americans, you guys don't know shit about the rest of the world. And now they look at us like we're just pathetic. Like the parent that's just disappointed. Like you guys were so awesome and now look at you. Can I throw a random situation out there? And uh, maybe this doesn't apply. You can immediately go, look, I don't think that's the exact same scenario. But my thing is, okay, um, I think you and I have probably been in similar situations here and probably to different degrees. Um, but uh, would you uh, rather be in a relationship with a person and find out, like you say Trump brings out the worst in them. Would you rather be in a relationship with a person and you see the worst get brought out in them or be in a relationship with a person and never see the worst be brought out in them, but it's still always there in guiding their decisions. That's, you're describing 
two people that are exactly the same. One that, is extroverted, one is introverted. That's what I'm it, saying. The, would you would you rather have a situation happen that's the same person? So okay? like Joe Biden's the good guy. Then no, no, no. Like Joe Biden's not in the equation. Your you said Trump brings out the worst in people, and that's why you want him out because of how your fellow um, oh I see constituents are. And what I'm saying is. Would you have rather just had not had Trump in office and not know that people are like this and thinking this? Because to an extent, isn't it sort of a blessing that we're able, a blessing's a weird word to say, but isn't it like a good thing to be able to say, oh shit, people, have, there's a bunch of people out there who have always been thinking like this. They just haven't let it show. And now that I know that that's a good thing and had that not ever happened, I wouldn't have known. Well, it depends if, if we Does as a society learn us? from it. No, I, I no, because it's the same reason that I don't need to know what can happen when a mob gets together and one person starts acting violent and then the whole mob begins to act violent. Not those individuals themselves aren't necessarily violent by themselves, but when the group does it, there's a level of indifference to it. Sure, and they and wouldn't they, have done they, it either way. You're more exactly a utilitarian, these, the fact of what actually is being done um, versus yes, what could possibly be done. People are, are capable of doing awful, terrible things given the right environment. We're, right. We're, we're all capable of doing awful, evil things. Like, Do you think for one second that I feel that I am somehow... Uh, innately purer than my ancestors from a thousand years ago? No. no yeah. If you were raised I in have Germany in 19, you know, uh, 20s, yeah, I, by the time the 40 came, you would be fighting the war too. Yeah. I am fortunate that I get to uh, rest upon the collective knowledge of the past to help me guide my decisions in the present. Right. So I, I don't, I don't, I think it, it's revealing to see how many people are engaged in this sort of thing. But I think there's a much larger percentage of the population that doesn't engage in that, but we're so caught up in the fringes online that the only thing that could happen was the manifestation of someone like a Trump. <clears throat> and, yeah. and, I, and, and I think... <sighs> my, here's my thought, and I'm not saying my thought is right. I'm like, I'm just sort of throwing some thoughts out there right now that aren't opinions on things. I'm just saying like, in my head, I could see this one benefit where because now we know a lot of people think like this, maybe you and I should think and behave differently because had this not happened, we wouldn't have realized that there is a group of individuals out there in the United States that uh, are still for racism uh, or are are so anti-police and anti-capitalism that they're willing to burn down stores and burn down communities or shoot and kick and kill and beat people on both sides. And now, my, my, I know I'm making really general statements, but I'm like, does that change now how you and I decide about future voting and how we behave? And could that possibly in the long run prevent some things worse from happening. Had these events not happened, we wouldn't have chosen in a similar way that we're going to choose now. And it would have led to worse things like that. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that like, oh yeah, that totally can create situations where the outcome in the long run is better knowing this stuff ahead of time. Because what you're saying is just having this situation to begin with is bringing out shit people maybe normally wouldn't do or normally wouldn't think we're thinking and doing some of these things because of it. So 
That's all I but wanted to say. But don't we already know in a general sense that human beings are capable of we doing forget. the wrong thing? Like, oh, we forget. I, I, well, no, we, no, we always forget. I mean, we're living through a pandemic, but we've completely forgotten that we've already gone through a pandemic in the early 20th century. Like all of this stuff has happened before and it's all written down and we can see how people act when things get out of hand or chaotic or when you have a populace that's in disarray. So then due to the chaos, they end up electing a leader that they wouldn't otherwise normally elect. And I think there's a difference between knowing what a person is actually thinking and them speaking angrily, like violently and hyperbolically. Like I am so against people that talk about uh, Joe Rogan platforming people. I want to hear what they think and I want to know without them parsing words. Even if someone is a racist, I want to know. I want to know who that person is. And I think that's what you're saying. What I don't want to see is someone's idea turn into action because you have a mob behind it. I see what you mean. So that's what I'm parsing. So I don't need to see the end. I don't need, yeah, I don't need to see the end result. I don't want to see the end result. I don't think it's funny that, that one side or either side thinks that they could beat up the other side in the civil war. Yeah. We've done this before. We've lost 600,000 people. We've done this before we know the outcome. I don't need to see it again. I can read. Yeah. Socrates didn't record anything because he thought that that was going to diminish our ability to memorize. But the good thing about having things written down in books is they can't be manipulated throughout time. So I get to see how other people fucked up in the 1500s. I get to see how someone fucked up in the 1200s. Like I get to see that. So I wish I wish right learn. there we had the Dan Carlin like the end of the episode. <laughs> That's what I'll do for the end of the episode. I'll just play my pew, what I just did. And you'll do your own little uh, soundbite to it too. No, that's it. Just pew. pew. Yeah. Pew. Um, <laughs> ding. It'll be just a, a little spittoon bucket. All right. Um, look, we are, we are uh, two and a half hours into this. So, um, Holy shit. but I mean, it's great. This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to like, just bounce some ideas off of you and get some of your thoughts on things. And you always have a nice way of receiving my information and going like, Hey, look, but you're not thinking about this or what about that? And I go, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Like, you know, it's great. It grounds my ideas very quickly instead of being in outer space all the time. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate this. I, I, this is exactly what I wanted from this. Yeah. And I, I completely feel the same about talking with you and everything. So, I mean, hopefully people will get through the Two hour, two and a half hours, but maybe, this maybe not. The, yeah, but these last two, we haven't done it for a while, and these no. last two are in the middle of, of an election. Oh, We've gone over the proposition. The next is, one so. is going to be under the uh, not the leadership yet, uh, or possibly the leadership already, but it will be be under the assumption of the next four years of a president. It will be we vote. Uh, the votes will be in next Tuesday, and I say we do. Uh, we should uh, podcast next Wednesday. The day after, and uh, let's predict the end of the world and how it's going to happen. Well, because you just said that, I actually want to make a final, like, serious pleading about November 3rd. Like, being completely serious, hopefully the our one audience member will listen all the way to the this. <laughs> but I don't even know how many we have listed now. But uh, we won't know who the president is on November 3rd. I don't have that expectation in my mind, and neither should any of you. 
this is a time for all of us to be adults and to understand that we're going to have a lot of mail-in ballots and things aren't going to go as smoothly as we'd like, even though we want an answer immediately. But let's not burn everything to the ground because we don't have the answer that we want right away. Things will take time. Or ever. Maybe you don't ever get the answer that you want. Or maybe you don't. Yeah, exactly. But but like we said, even with the court packing and all that kind of stuff, we don't need to go down that road. We, we can see how things play out and we can use the tools available to take action, you know, and have a, do it the right way. Yeah. Have an expectation that that is not going to happen, that you're not going to yes. get, get your way. Be an adult. I have zero, zero <laughs> expectation. I'm waiting until December 3rd. Honestly, I'm not even, it's, I'm not it's even interesting that some of us come into it with that because every, everything I vote on and everything I'm voting on, I'm looking at it going like this, is how I'm going to vote. And I'm going, yeah, that's probably not going to happen my way. Me, <laughs> Literally me, every let, single thing. <laughs> let me put this to bed. Let me put this, put this to bed with one question to you. Do you go to the, do you go to the DMV not expecting a line? You're right. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. It's the government. We have a bunch of mail-in ballots. States are doing this sometimes, you know, for the first time ever. It's going to take time. Maine, Let the is, play Maine out. is trying for the first time ever uh, the uh, ranked choice voting. So that's going to yeah. take a while too. Yeah. And we'll see how it all plays out. And just like, don't fucking, left and right, don't burn shit down and go crazy. Not only that, don't. Don't get on social media. Even don't do the small thing. You don't have to be burning it down, but you also don't have to get on social media and be like, oh, great, here we go. All the fucking Democrats voted for this. This is bullshit, blah, yeah. blah. Welcome back to hell. Uh, you know, all the kids. Or the other thing, four more years. I can't believe this. What a disappointment the rest of our country is. Uh, they're so behind with the times, these religious fucks, blah, blah, blah. Like, good job. That doesn't help. You're patting yourself on the oh, back. Oh, it'll, like, it'll be that way anyways, unfortunately. Do, do, learn about the part. rest of the United States. Understand there's other people out there with different opinions. And yeah, yeah, you might not like it. And yeah, they might be horrible opinions. But you know what? Somehow we're living with like millions of North Koreans enslaved. And you're not complaining about that right now, are you? You seem to be fine with it. You've ignored it. Yeah. Okay. And we have it. We I have pretty good friends here. being like, oh, well, I'm fed up with this shit. That's bullshit that they're treating people like that and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, how come you're not saying anything about North Korea? Well, like, how come you're not fed up with that? How come you're not talking about that? I don't, I don't understand the selectiveness of, you know, uh, nationalism. Why does it end there? Well, because that's the only effect I can have. Is it? I don't think so. Anyways, look, we'll just go, <laughs> you and I will go on with dropping Literally. this forever. Um, Thanks for tuning in and uh, we will talk to you when there is, uh, okay, so you're right. It won't be a new president because it's going to take some time, um, but there will be a projected president and it'll be a state of turmoil and chaos, just like the rest of 2020. So we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Adios. This has been a big horn and in. production. Production.